At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hoyness, yeah, because yeah, I always said Matt Hoynes. Yeah, and that's pretty uh, common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that, that E, he actually, yeah. he actually put the E in there. Yeah, you say so. Yep. <laughs> Matt Hoyness from yep. Silencer Central. Yep. Oh, I guess that's where you work. Yep, yeah. for sure. Yeah, been there over two years now. So, yep. cool. Uh, how's how's that going? Good. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I was doing in sales for a while before, and kind of had a manager that kind of got me to come over and look and i just i think i was telling you before like i walked in the building on suppressors and guns and i'm like yeah this yeah. is <laughs> this is what i'd be doing with my life so right yeah so now it's been i said well over two years and I, yeah, I love it for sure just going to shows and all that too it's cool to meet people in the industry and just getting to talk you know i talk hunting and guns every single day so yeah yeah it's pretty awesome can't ask more than that honestly <laughs> no for sure <laughs> No. What did you do before? Uh, I was doing car sales before. So I did, right out of college, I did a lot of lawn care um, and then went into car sales. I just had a buddy that kind of got me into doing that. I was actually kind of wanting to do my own lawn care stuff, business, and then got into sales and was doing pretty good and then stayed there for, I was selling cars for a little over three years. And then, my, like I said, I had a manager that came to Silencer Central and then kind of got me to switch. So. He was a cars the car sales manager. Yeah, he was my old car sales manager. Okay. Yep, and then he went to manage Silencer Central, and he's actually no, he took a different job. But oh, so, he's not. Yeah, yeah he's not my manager anymore. No, but no, <laughs> it all worked out good. So where did he end up going? Um, he took a different managing position at Camping World. So oh, okay. Yep. So so was he. Was he like into guns and all that stuff before? No, not as much. He was more of kind of like this, like sales manager type deal. Okay. And I think that's kind of too, you know, just part of it, you know. So I think if you're not in this industry, I think you don't love it. You know, it's kind of going to a lot of those shows and stuff. If people don't care about that, it's harder to, you know, like for me, I love that stuff. I think that's awesome. Right. But some people don't. So, well, it's one of those things too, where you're working for a company like Silencer Central and you want, you want, if I owned it, I would want guys that are passionate about shooting and hunting and shooting yep. because you can kind of, you can see through that stuff a lot. For sure. You know, when you're out there trying to, trying to sell your sales rep, people come and talk to you. They know what your job is. Like yep. he's going to get, try to get me to buy this and mm-hmm. that's fine because I'm interested. So it's like, yep. but you can see through that. Um, if you're talking to someone that's just purely a salesman and they don't really you can see that pretty yeah, quick. Like it's pretty sure. pretty obvious once you get to talk and you're like, ah, 
I'm not going to buy from this guy because he doesn't really know what the yeah. – you know, he might know the product and he might be good at memorizing some lines, but he doesn't really understand how this shit works. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I definitely get people that you can just tell, you know, that they're asking you questions and kind of trying to lead you into, like, does this guy actually know about calibers or rifles or what kind of gun I have, you know? So, like, definitely, like, you know, a guy tells me something, I'm like, oh, you got that model, that's the thread pitch or whatever it is, you know, like, oh shit this guy actually you know (laughs) that's what's cool about like this sales too versus like car sales like everyone needs to buy a car it's just kind of you gotta buy a car but suppressors is you don't need it but it's it's a want you know so that's Mm -hmm. why it's like it's kind of a different experience with a customer too because i'm not i don't feel like i have to push as much you know or like if i do like if i hard close someone or whatever like you get the suppressor you're gonna love it like you're gonna call me hey matt this is badass like yeah. Which is awesome versus, you know, cars and stuff is different. You not like the car or whatever, but like I said, suppressors. If I know for a fact you're gonna love it. Like if I can yep. get you to buy it, you're in. Like, yep. that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like one of those things where, yeah, like you said, you at this point you basically need a car in order yep. to make it anywhere. You need to be able to get to work and yep. get, get around, and you need a vehicle. So it's a need, not necessarily just a want. So I, like me, I don't. I'm not a car guy. I'm not big into like cars and shit not a mechanic but uh when i go out to buy a vehicle i is i look at it as more of a chore yep so i'm like dude yeah i I don't want to do this i don't want to buy a new vehicle i have to because my other vehicle is taking a shit so i have to go do this and i'm not excited to be there i'm not excited for the sales pitch and everything else i'm like just tell me not a piece of shit yep that can get me around (laughs) and then when you're buying a silencer it's like I'm excited to do this. I finally saved up enough money. I'm ready to hear the pitches. I'm ready to talk to the sales guys. I'm ready to make a purchase. Yep. So it's For probably sure. a little bit easier of a sale once people are ready, I guess. Yep. You know, 100%. They are ready. Yeah, no, it is for sure. You know, and it's a lot of it just is with suppressors is the process. And because, you know, your fun toys aren't cheap, you know, no matter what you're buying a cheap can or you're buying the top one or whatever, it's not cheap and you got to go through ATF and wait, whatever, you know, like eight months, whatever the wait time is at that time. So it definitely is a kind of just a different process for sure. And that's like where a lot of people are hung up because you don't want to give me 1200 bucks, wait eight months and not like it. Or, you know, that's a big mm-hmm. barrier too. So that's why we, where we do come mm-hmm. in a lot is make the whole process super simple for customers to just essentially give me money, sign some things, you know, make sure everything looks good and you know, no, we kind of handle know. everything for them. So, yeah, I was gonna say. So, what? What's the 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 exact process? Like, how would you do it if you weren't? Because sounds essential. You, you said you guys make it super super easy. Yep. Like, what would the process look like if you were to do it yourself through a different company? Yeah. So you'll have. Um, so, like with us, you essentially. I mean, you kind of have five steps. You know, talk to you over the phone. We get all the info. Same stuff. You know, when you're buying a gun. You know, everyone's filled out that paperwork. Um, then you got to send us a photo, fingerprints, and then I said signatures, and we essentially kind of verify everything with you, make sure spelling, social, all that stuff is correct. Get you submitted, um, but then, yeah, buying elsewhere, you have to do all that yourself. There's Form 4 you have to fill out. There's Clio notifications they have to send to your chief law enforcement to let them know that you're purchasing a suppressor. So there's definitely a lot more steps and hassle. And, mm-hmm. Like, a huge thing with us too is we do a trust so you can add other people so they can use a suppressor. You can put family or friends so they can use a suppressor. You can pass it down to. So 
we handle all that, do amendments versus like if you went and bought it yourself and you're going to pay a lawyer a couple hundred bucks to set up a trust, Mm -hmm. you get approved, you're going to pay him money to do an amendment on it, to add people on there. So that's where we step in and just handle all of that for you. So, yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty smooth. Honestly, I've thought about, it's been a few years where I'm like, I, I want to get a I want to get a silencer or a suppressor, whatever you want to call it. Um, which I like, I, I call it silencer just because yeah. I don't know. Whisper pickle. That's like them. Yeah. Whisper pickle. Yeah. <laughs> Can suppressor silencer, whatever you, yeah. whatever you want to call them. I, I tend to go towards silencer just because I don't think the anti gunners are really going to, um, care if you call it wherever you call it, they're still going to hate you for it. So yep. it doesn't really matter. But, um, you do, you guys do make it very easy and seamless to buy, a especially when you're dealing with the ATF and all the other forms and other bullshit you have to wait, um, go through. It's like, it's really just a one-stop shop. And you said you have to send something to the chief law enforcement officer. Do you have to send that to there? Yeah. Like to their, there. Yeah, so like their I'm, county. In, I'm in yep. Mitchell County. You're, yep. you guys are in South Dakota. You guys have to send it to my sheriff. Correct. Yeah. But you're sending it on my behalf. Yes. Okay. Yep. We're doing that all for you. Yep. But we're doing a lot of that stuff on your behalf. Cause there is, and that's that law enforcement. It's notifying, like, "Hey, Jacob Johnson is approved for a suppressor," and it's kind of like making sure you didn't go rob a bank or do something, you know, in that right. time from when ATF approved you to when, like, "Hey, you're local." Like, kind of last double check, yeah. it's all good, and then and then we ship it to your door too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, once it's approved, we just mail it out to you. And we have FFL. SOTs in all 42 states that suppressors are legal and so we can sell to mm-hmm. anyone can you know anyone who's legal to buy them so yeah so can the chief law enforcement like your sheriff can that guy deny it no you if it, just yeah, no, it's, a it's a notification okay yep correct yep so that's i mean that's kind of nice so he's just getting it. So he's like, okay, I know this dude fucking, I know Jake over there does a lot of drugs. Yeah. He's a big meth head. He just hasn't been caught yet. Exactly. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. Yep. So just yep. notify him like, all right, this dude's got a fucking assassin. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know, he's trying to turn into an assassin over here. So <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, that makes it a lot easier. We were talking about this some last night. You, you came in last night and we did some. We tried to do some coyote hunting. Yeah. <laughs> Weather permitting. Yeah, non permitting, I guess. It didn't really turn out too well. Yeah. It started snowing like crazy, but um but we were talking about that some last night about uh, you know, Hollywood and making <laughs> making them seem like they're like they just take your gun and make it Yeah, just pew, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yep. You know, so like if you came into my house and shot me with a Silencer Central on a fucking AR-15 in my bed. Would whoever's in the next bedroom would they hear it? Yeah, yeah they would. Yeah, exactly. it's still. <laughs> so it's I think not. a very yeah, and a very good example I like to say is you know our like our banister, our most popular suppressor that'll make your AR you know the pan barrel length, all that stuff, three to six decibels quieter than a twenty-two. So oh, like okay. to put that in reference, it's very good. Like. Everyone's a ten twenty two with like a twenty two short or twenty two CB. It's very similar to that sound. So there is still oh, sound. Um, so it's not you know silent. And the big advantage of like hunting is kind of like we were talking about before. You break that sound barrier. But that's also non directional. So we're now actually hunting or shooting coyotes. You know, I tell everyone if you're calling coyotes, you have three of them coming in. You shoot from the back. If you can get them all to stop, you shoot from the back because they'll hear that crack and they'll hear that bullet whack their buddy. And it's not like they're just going to start running at me, but it's it's confusing. It's like 
mm-hmm. I don't want to say disorientating, but they just can't pinpoint like that's where that sound came from. So that's that big advantage of you can get a second shot, or you can switch calls, or you can just you know whoop whoop at them, and they'll mm-hmm. you'll get them to stop still. Versus if you're not shooting the suppressor, they can pinpoint it and they're tucking tail and running. Yep. You know, they so exact opposite direction from you, running yep. away from you. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's not quiet. You know, it's not, you know, like movies or James Bond or whatever, but it makes it hearing safe. You know, know, no hearing protection needed. You're not damaging your ears. A lot less recoil, too, which is another awesome thing, especially bigger calibers. You know, you can shoot, see see where you hit, see where you miss, stay on target a lot easier, Mm -hmm. too. So there's definitely huge advantages there just as as a hunter, you know, actual using use of it so yeah and it helps with recoil management quite yep. a bit too right for sure yeah Would i mean s- i tell everyone like you know i got a 300 wind mag it kicks like a 223 or 243 yeah. you know it's quieter than a 22 so would you say um recoil management wise would it does it help as much or better than or than like i'm um, having um um a compensator on it. yeah for sure yeah yep yeah. a brick yeah so a break yeah whatever yeah so I'm, and i kind of like to explain people think of a suppressor so you have a muzzle brake that'll have the ports on the side you know yep. you got three ports or whatever it is you know like our bench 30 has eight baffles in it kind of think of it like an enclosed port with eight baffles it's gonna t- it's not it's gonna take away like i said it's about 40 percent recoil um it also helps to stop a lot of the muzzle rise too you are adding a little bit of length on the end of there so you oh. have less recoil but even when you shoot, you know, like I shot a mule deer and he was a little over 300 yards, but you know, I shot and literally watched him drop in my scope. Like I didn't have to shoot, find him again. Like I shot, watched the bullet hit him, watch him drop right there in the scope. Mm-hmm. So that's that where that really comes in play. And you can really tell, you know, or like I've never scoped myself honestly before I started shooting suppressors. <laughs> and now like we do a lot of coyote hunting and it's, it's on a tripod and it's just something that I don't consciously think of anymore of like make sure it's shoulder because you just, it's so much easier. Yeah, like I said, I'm just I've been so used to shooting suppressors now, not really noticing the recoil. Where the other night I was just Nikhil was going by and I just went and shot him quick and scoped myself because yeah. I just didn't think of yeah. shouldering it fully, you know. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's kind of funny how some of that stuff changes too. You know, yeah. it's like, like I said, I've never done that before, and I've done it a couple times now. Yeah, <laughs> with shooting with suppressors. Yeah, so. I fucking scope myself with my muzzle loader. Yeah, like really bad. Like, so I was shooting with my muzzle loader. I would shoot a CVA Wolf. Yep, and I was shooting um, 150 grand. So three. I used the pelletized. Yep. So I was using three pellets of um, triple seven. Yep. Right. And I was like, yeah, that's working pretty good. It's it's heavy. Like it hits hits really hard. It's a magnum load. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's doing pretty good. Yep. I was shooting that for quite a while, but then. I went to the store. I needed some more. I went to the store, and they didn't have triple sevens, but they had white hots. I'm like, oh, I've heard good things about white hots too. Mm-hmm. So I went back home. I threw three white hots in there, loaded it up, shot. I'm like, holy shit, that is a lot more. Yeah. So I loaded up another one. You know, take my time. So with muzzle loader, I really like to take my time when I'm dialing in my scope and trying to re-zero and stuff. I I'll shoot once, and then I'll adjust. And mm-hmm. I really, lo- especially with newer shooters, I'll tell them like three shot group and we adjust you yep. want to see how you're shooting yep i'm pretty confident especially the muzzler i don't want to sh- load three rounds up shoot three times just to find out it's not working appropriately right yeah so anyways i shot once kind of adjust my scope went to shoot a second time and that second time came back and fucking whacked me right in the eye i'm like damn it and then i started to bleed <laughs> i was bleeding a little bit like okay it's not too bad whatever and then i 
looked at it, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a little more off. I'm like, it was off, like, quite a bit more. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? So I didn't adjust at that time because I wanted, because if it's that far, I, I'm saying it was, it was pretty far off of my first shot. So I didn't adjust anything. I wanted to shoot again just to see if it's hitting the same area. Yep. And I took my time. I'm fucking relaxed. Shoot again. Boom. Same thing. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. And this time it hurt real bad. And I put my hand on my face and there's a little bit of blood. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm like it's not that bad. And then I, I pulled my hand away and I just felt like blood dripping into my Stop. eye. I'm like, oh my God, there it is. Yeah. So I went and ran into the bathroom and I put some toilet paper on my eye. And I pulled it off. And I could see my skull. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Wow. Like, that's yeah. deep. So I butterfly sutured it up and bandaged it all up. It looked like, a, like it looked, looked a lot worse than it actually was. It didn't hurt that bad. Yeah. Should have seen the other guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was all fucking pissed off. Like, I've never done that before. And I just did it, like, twice in a row. Yeah. No, I, so, I just, I know. It just, you don't think about, you know, like, some of spray, you just yeah. don't. I just consciously don't, or subconsciously, I say, you know, I just, no, it's not, you know, I always grew up shoulder it, make sure it's in there, but it's just. Yeah. So with that said, can you, um, can you suppress a muzzleloader? Um, smokeless stuff, you can. Oh, you can. Um, okay. yeah. So actually, their Silencer Co., they actually had, they called it a maximum 50 that they had, like a suppressed muzzleloader. It just, it is really tough with, you know, just how it is, loading yeah. the powder in there. They shoot dirty. They're dirty um, as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do honestly like we have a lot of guys that are getting into like that higher end smokeless powder muzzleloader and stuff, and you definitely can. Forty five calories, not nothing really that you can run with fifty. I guess you could technically, but yeah, I mean no one really does it. I guess yeah. so. Well, I was that's another thing. I was watching Grand Thumb. He's a gun tuber. Yep, he f- fucking suppresses Barrett. 50 cal. Yep. Like, goo. Yep. For sure. <laughs> and out there, yeah. So Barrett has, they have a QDL for their M107A1. They have a can specifically built for that. So that's pretty badass. No, it is for sure. Yeah. You ever, shot, are, a, you ever shot a 50? I haven't. No, honestly. Yeah. It's different. Like, the, especially the Barrett 50 cal since it's semi auto and they have such a huge buffer spring on them. Yep. It doesn't, it get kicks a lot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't, it's not as sharp. It's like a push more. It kinda. is. It's more yeah. of like a really hard push, not a punch. Yep. You know, like you shoot a, honestly, I shoot a, make a Springfield 1903, just a 30-06 out yep. of a wood, like walnut stocked bolt action. That thing hurts. Hurts more, more than yep. a Barrett 50 cal. And you'd be surprised at how much more, to- how much more tolerable a Barrett 50 cal is than like your, your grandpa's 30-06, yep. you know? Yeah, no, we have, I mean, just like for sure, we have a few different guns we bring. We got 338 Lapua's, but it's kind of like the same thing, like 375, that recoil on that 375 is kind of just like that push, you know, mm-hmm. versus like that 338 is, it, it's a sharp, you know, it's a, it's a punch kind of, but yep. so I definitely know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I think it has something to do with just the length of the case too, probably. Mm-hmm. Like you have those shorter, those shorter magnums, like the, like, you know, like the 300 Wisdom and whatever, like the 300 WSM. Yep. The Winchester Short Mag. It's like that, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me. But I, I've shot that a mm-hmm. couple times, and I feel like that kicks a little bit more yep. than. Like, you got a lot of powder just, in that short case. Yeah. It's just burn like, it fast. Yeah, yep. exactly. It just yep. feels like it's really sharp. Yep. Like, you put it up to a machine, it might say it's actually however many foot pounds less than a 300 Wind Mag, but. It doesn't really feel like it. Yeah, your perception. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. No, no. Yeah, but those, yeah, those long, long, extra, like super long action, like the three seventy fives and the, you know, well, the bare fifty cal. It's a really long, big fucking 
cartridge. I think there's, yeah. one, I think there's one behind you, actually. I was looking at that earlier, actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's so, just like, huge. That's a, a big ass <laughs> fucking round, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice and long. It's not a short, fat guy. It's a nice long cartridge. So it's like, it probably doesn't. Maybe that's another reason why, too. It doesn't feel like it just beats the shit out of yep. you. Oh, for sure. But no, it's good. I've never thought about suppressing them before but yeah <laughs> no and yeah and in 50s you know you're not gonna be hearing safe or anything but it's no. you can like i said just a lot of that rapport too is a big deal like i was telling you like you know one of our coworkers has a 13 year old daughter and shot a deal with a seven mag you know it's it's taking away that recoil but it's also taking away that big percussion that you feel every time you pull the trigger so yeah that helps a lot too because we were talking about people flinching and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like we see it and everyone sees it or, ev- you know, whoever shot guns has done it before, you know, and that can help a ton with that because it's not only just the recoil hitting your shoulder, it's that percussion you feel, especially if you have a big break or something, which, yeah, helps keep your gun steady and still, but you can feel it still, or you got a buddy sitting next to you or a guide or right anything like that. Like we talk to guides all the time and they're like, I wish everyone would shoot a suppressor, you know, because right. they're <laughs> over your shoulder talking right there and. You have a big so, ass break on a three hundred wind mag, yeah. or you know something like that. And then you're like, "All right, man, here you're being quiet." And he's like, "All right, man, you know, put put it right on him. Here we go, boom!" Like motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure half those guys too. They probably don't like put an ear pro no. before they're probably maybe they're like maybe they're plugging their ears with their fingers. And yeah, stuff, turn maybe, their head. But, and, but yeah, you want to watch to see if yeah. you hit it too. You know, right. so you, you got to yeah. pay attention. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. That'd be fucking. It'd be fun being a guide, but yeah, that would be, that would be nice. I'm sure it's very respectful of them. (laughs) And we were talking about that a little bit um, last night too, about how different it is in America, getting uh, a silencer or a suppressor or whatever, getting a silencer in America as compared to like some other places like New Zealand, Mm -hmm. they're the complete opposite of us where it's a lot harder to get a gun in New Zealand than it is America, but you can buy a fucking can Yep. Well, at Ace Hardware. Yeah, Ace yeah. Hardware in yeah. New Zealand. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, it is nuts. Like how, yeah, cause like we were talking, like, I, like our owner Brandon went to Africa and he said it was kind of different because they have suppressors there and everything, but it was like their thoughts on them were completely different. Like, you know, like our suppressor, our banister, titanium, lightweight, going to last forever, lifetime warranty, all that because here in America, it's a process. You got, you know, like we kind of said, you got to go through the wait time get approved from atf all that where he said there you know they you just go to the hardware store and you buy it over the counter and he says it's kind of a lot of them are aluminum lighter it's kind of more of a you buy it you use it for a little bit throw it away buy a new one you know yeah. so it's kind of crazy and he said like to how like a lot of people were impressed how just the quality and how quite like comparative you know because i've been around other suppressors too there's a bunch of good companies out there and there's some that just aren't as good you know so oh, yeah it's kind of cool to when you go around or see or like we went out to Wyoming, like, you know, they had, there's a couple of suppressors out there and then we show up with our Banish 30 and shoot the same gun, same, you know, just literally switch the cans. They're like, yeah, that one sounds a lot better. <laughs> you know, so it is cool to, to kind of see differences of different cans. So, yo, is that something with, um, like the, does it make, does the material you use make it quieter too? Or is it um, just it can change the or? yeah, it can change the tone a little bit. Um, so we do a lot of like banish our our brand. We do titanium. We're kind of built lightweight hunting, and we want to be as light and as quiet as possible. Where there are 
you know, other companies that are built more tactical use, flash suppressing in military, where that's you know, that's a lot bigger deal if you're actually, you yeah, know, in warfare, flash is going to get you killed. You know, if they yep. see where you're at, you know, so there are some suppressors that are built a lot different. So tone um, can be different, like stainless steel or ink canal. Some of that just has a lower tone. So like, you know, kind of like you're talking about like a, a meter for recoil, you know, you could have a suppressor that's titanium and a suppressor that's stainless steel and they can decibel meter essentially identical. But like our human ears, it's like, oh, that one sounds, you know, some people think titanium sound a little better. Some people like the kind of lower tone of steel. So mm-hmm. it can change that a little bit for sure. Um, definitely most common is stainless steel for sure. Titanium is just, it's harder to machine. Um, yeah. Got to be more precise, more tooling and, like I just, I know I have friends that do machining and they actually do some stuff with us. And, you know, they just said like that titanium just eats away at, <laughs> at stuff. Yeah. So yeah, they're like, we're, we're having to swap it a lot more often yeah. than, you know, anything else. So I think that's part of it too. It's just, it's harder to make it and to make it precise, mm-hmm. but you also get the advantage of, you know, like I said, it's lifetime. It's yeah. You buy the one can and you don't have to buy another one, but you will. Cause you love them. Right. <laughs> you know? But like, you don't have to, you know, it's yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Because that is kind of the thing with titanium and stainless steel. Like stainless steel is cheaper, yep, more abundant. Yep. Titanium is obviously going to be more expensive, and but it's going to last a lot longer. And it's the biggest thing, like you said, it's lighter. Yep, it's a sure. hell of a lot lighter. And um, in the hunting situation, it's you know a lot of people appreciate the fact that you know sure. like, okay, so to bring this back to like bow hunting type of deal, mm-hmm. so it's like. How much more FOC are you adding to your gun yep. <laughs> with a stainless steel yeah. suppressor than a <laughs> titanium? You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, no, and that and that definitely can because you know, that's one thing that is always tough is like you know you have a customer that they go through the process and they buy a suppressor and maybe they bought a cheaper one and it's a heavier suppressor and and they have a cheaper gun you know maybe not a higher end gun or it's just kind of a more entry level and they get the suppressor they put on there. Now their gun's not grouping good. You know, yep. it's really hard to tell a customer, like it's not the suppressor. You know, if you're not having baffle strikes or that bullet's not touching it, you know, it's your gun that is starting to mess up or that difference in harmonics is kind of pointing that out, you know? So that's where again, titanium, if you're not adding as much weight onto there, you know, it can help out with that too. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can only hang so much shit off your barrel before it's like, you know, you're not, <laughs> yep. You're changing the whole structure of your exactly. Yep. You're your changing your harmonics, no matter what. You know, and there's suppressors out there that all oh, no point of impact or minimal or point of impact. Like to me, that's all kind of BS. You're, you're adding weight, you're adding length, you're changing some stuff. There are some guns, like I have a gun that I can throw my can on there, it shoots identical mm-hmm. without a can or with a can. But most of my guns, you know, they're going to be off a little bit, and it's nothing crazy. But you're generally like my experience one. To, maybe four or five inches low at a hundred yards or at 200, mm-hmm. whatever you zero at just kind of, again, because of that recoil, that less muzzleize your bolts, you know, your guns just not jumping up as much, you know? Yeah. It's a big misconception. A lot of people think like call of duty, you put a suppressor on there, your act, your range goes down, your damage goes down, you yeah. know? And like, that's <laughs> unfortunately, that's a thing, you know, but like in real world, it's not like that. You know, you're adding a little bit of barrel length technically, you know, so you're going to gain mm-hmm. a little bit of velocity, not any, really anything to write home about at all. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of like my Leupold, I didn't change custom turrets or anything like that from when I had my gun and got it doped without the suppressor to when I got to prove them up for my suppressor and put it on like, that's not going to change. It'll change your point of impact, but 
you know, again, just titanium. It's going to exactly. So yep. reset in one time and you're good to go. Yep. You know? Yep. So. so with, uh, you said you have a gun that, uh, that it didn't really change at all. Right. Yep. Yep. Is that, was that a thicker barreled one? It was. Yeah. It's actually a thicker barrel, shorter gun. So I think okay. just uh, from, and I'm not, I mean, I work, I'm not just a full out expert from my experience. I have seen maybe some, cause it's a big trend. Some of the lighter guns, shorter barrels are super light. Um, maybe we'll have a little bit more of point of it just because you're adding what, you know, you're changing the harmonics more than a heavy barrel. That's just, mm-hmm. is a big brick out there. You know right. what I mean? That's not, you're well, adding if, if you have 10 little- ounces on the end, it's not really changing a ton yeah. versus you got a six pound, 6.2 pound gun with everything on there. You're putting, you know, another three quarters of pound on there. That's kind of a difference. Something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's going to be completely different than if, if I put, so I have a Ruger American, which is, in my opinion, a, the one of the best guns you can buy for, for sure. five hundred bucks. Yeah, I you know, agree. Five hundred dollar yeah. guns, fucking pretty yeah. awesome. But yeah. it, it's got a pencil barrel. You yeah. know, it's one of those skinny barrels. Yep. And I bet you, if I put a suppressor on it, it'd change. You know, mm-hmm. it'd change quite a bit. So yeah. I'd have to adjust it and re-zero and all that stuff. But um, you know, if I went out and bought you know a nicer like a say a Remington seven hundred, which I don't, an older one, yeah, pre all of the other <laughs> shit, but. Bought a nice or old, older Remington 700 with a bull barrel on it. Like those, they, they have those, uh, like, I don't know what they call them. Farm like profile. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like those, the thicker bull, bull type barrels, just the bigger, mm-hmm. heavier, thicker barrels. Yep. I don't, I've never done it, but I'm assuming that wouldn't change much. Yeah. No, I, that's kind of from my experience too. What I've seen is just. You know, you're, like I said, you're changing the harmonics. You're changing the a lighter guns. Going to recoil more, so you're taking away more recoil. You know, all that. Yep, comes into comes into effect there. So, but like I said, that is once you get the can. You know, you can have five different guns and use the one can on it. I literally, I mean, now I have a couple suppressors, but you can swap the one from your 300 wind to your 270 to your 223 to your 204 Ruger to your 17 HMR if you want. You know, like so mm-hmm. once you side in once, you're not having to recheck or that zero or anything like that it's gonna your baffles are gonna be clocked all the same you have the same start and end point every time you, you screw it on so mm-hmm. so that okay because your banish line you you the banish 30 yep that's so when you name them the banish 30 was it yeah the banish yep so 45 yes yeah, so we have so it goes by caliber yeah exactly right? so banish 22 that covers all your rim fires 22 mag 17s even like fn's little five seven by 28 so a couple okay. center fire stuff um going up would be a banish 223 and that's 224 valkyrie and down to rim fires um so a big advantage like our banish suppresses they are titanium you can take them apart to clean so that serviceability allows you to run them on rim fires or if you shoot a lot of gas guns, they just they shoot dirtier. That's just how they are, you know. So being able yeah. to take it apart and clean is a nice advantage there. Um, so, so that two two three you can run two two four Valkyrie technically and smaller, and then yeah, then we go to a thirty. That's our most popular. Um, we have a Banish thirty Gold that's going to run on like a muzzle brake kind of quick detach system, and that's kind of I'd call it the Cadillac oh. or high end. If guys are doing a lot of PRS competition stuff like that, or if they just want to. A muzzle brake attached system, then then that gold's an awesome can because the gold comes with the brake, and then yep. it just goes, it just attaches straight onto that brake. Yep, exactly. Okay, yep, so you're, so not, you, you're yep. not taking off your um, brake in order to put on your suppressor. 
You just exactly. put it right yep, there. Yep, yep, You replace the brake. You know, your brake, if your gun's threaded, you're flat, take your birdcage off. Put that gold brake on, and you'll just leave that brake on your gun, and that suppressor will go over top of that. And, and we use a brake. It's a conical taper brake, so we still have threads on it because kind of like I said earlier, you have the same start and end point. There are some QD systems out there can kind of rot, um, ratchet, or they have springs that you'll go down, you'll click them over, mm-hmm. and they'll lock back up. I don't hate on those. They're, it's faster. It's good. But there is, I've personally seen, you know, like a, a 51T mount or 51 tooth. There's a bunch of little teeth there. You screw it on, screw it off. You keep doing it after years. Those are going to eventually wear down, and that's where you can maybe start to see a little point of impacts from, you know, when you swap it back and forth because it's not stopping at the same point. So that gold mm-hmm. still uses, it's a brake system, so you kind of get the advantage of the QD, but then you also still have that positive start, stop. You have threads where you know it's going to be the same every single time. So, okay. Um, and then, yeah, we got a Banish 45, and that's kind of for all pistol calibers, um, 9s, 10s, 40, everything there. You can run like 300 blackout with subs, rim fires with that. Um and then I guess our three newest suppressors, we got a Banish 338, which, you know, 338 Lapua, yep. 338 Win, any of that sort of stuff. Your big boy caliber. Exactly. Right? Yep. And then same thing with that. You know, like I have guys, they got, you know, I got a 338 that I love shooting elk, but I, you know, I do a lot of deer hunting with a 308 or something like that. You know, you can still buy that 338 can and run it on your 308 or your 7 mag or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. So that's that's something with like uh, that. You know, I know the answer to this kind of, but maybe someone doesn't. But uh, why wouldn't you just buy the biggest suppressor and use it for everything smaller? Because obviously you can yep. you can use it for everything smaller yep. as long as the thread pitch is the same and all that stuff. Yep. But you can use it for everything. Why wouldn't you just buy the the three three eight suppressor and use it for everything? For everything, you know? yeah, yeah. So th- you definitely can. There is a point, you know, where even shooting smaller calibers, you have more baffles and you have more volume. You know, like our 30 has more baffles and there's just more volume in that suppressor than our 223 can. Um, so you can still get very good suppression. There is a point of, you know, if you have a 338 that you shoot a couple times a year, but, you know, I do a lot of coyote hunting and I like to shoot my air a lot. That is kind of where I still say, you know, if you do a lot of that, maybe look at, you know, going to 30 cal for your kind of rifles and your two, two, three, five, five, six, and just kind of keeping or living one on that bigger three, three, eight. Cause you'll still get good sound suppression. It'll still be hearing safe, but it's going to be a lot quieter. It's, yeah. It's going to so, be quieter. If you go a little bit more specific or like, I personally, I personally have a few 30 cal suppressors. Um, and I was kind of telling you like we've done testing and stuff just because you have more baffles and more volume you're getting almost identical sound suppression. You know, you're two inches longer, but I can shoot a hell of a lot more calibers to you. And I'm not kind of mm-hmm. capped at my two, two, three, five, five, six. I can do six, five, six, eight, two seventy, you know, 30 out mm-hmm. six, seven mag, 300 blackout. Yep. Um, so that's where, and then like kind of going on to our more newer cans, like we have a banished 46 and that is kind of the, one can do all. I mean, it'll shoot 458 cal and smaller. And we were shooting like four weight shy tax out of that when we were doing testing. So Damn. four weight shy tax, 458 wind mags, like any super high pressure that's got an ink and blast baffle to help handle any of that ultra mag. Mm-hmm. Super high stuff. Um, so like a 375 H&H. If yep. you want to go out and hunt dangerous game in For Africa, sure. your 375 H&H and your you know, yep. 
four sixties and all that stuff. Yep, exactly. Like four sixteen like, rigby. Yep, really like Melissa Bachman. Like I, and a lot of people follow her, but she, you know, she used our banish forty six when she went up and shot a brown bear, you know, on on a three seventy five. So yeah, that's a lot of big guy. You know, Iowa boys. You yeah. know, straight wall stuff. That's a coming you know way more popular than mm-hmm. even the last year two years you know we get that, a ton more calls than when i first started of that's gonna be my next question because you can put that on your 450 bushmaster your 350 legend 100 percent. yep let it rip yep that four yeah that 46 it's it's literally uh it, it does everything i kind of say there's kind of saying a jack of all trades master at none and that's mm-hmm. kind of why you know you, you definitely can buy a 46 and you can buy the accessories and you can run that on you know, really any rifle, any pistol you have, it's big enough to handle the 45 cal pistols, tens, all that stuff. Um, when you're just getting down smaller, like on a two, two, three, you know, just kind of, again, you do have some extra, you know, it's just a bigger hole. You are getting some of that gas that's escaping out of the front. It's just, just being louder. Mm-hmm. And just like, especially on like pistols, like a banished 46 to handle the 408s, the 375s, it's gotta be a little thicker, a little heavier. Mm-hmm. So, like, on a handgun, it's just a lot more bigger, cumbersome. Um, we definitely have guys, you know, they'll buy a forty six because they kind of, you know, they want to do the one to run everything, and they're okay if I don't get the absolute best, but I'm still hearing safe. Yep. They're cool with it. But what I've kind of found out is that guys, they'll get it, and that's their entry. You know, that's kind of the, yep. the gateway drug. You know, they'll <laughs> yeah. get it, and they'll be like, all right, this is badass. You know, then it's – then that person, then they're buying a rifle can, and then they're buying a pistol yeah. can. So – it all depends how you want to do it or how you want to go about it. You know, Maybe. if you want to buy one to do everything. And I kind of, I just tell those people, there's a very good chance you're going to call me back and buy one rifle and buy one pistol, you know? So yep. if you're interested, just buy rifle and pistol right away. And then, <laughs> you know, and then just be, you know, forget the kind of jack of all trades sort of deal. But yeah. like I said, you definitely can. There's a lot of people that do. They're definitely are very popular suppressors just for that. We have a lot of guys that, uh, so they they have a three three eight and they see our forty six is three three you know rated and some of those guys they have you know they might have a three seventy five or they might have something bigger too so they can you know we have a lot of guys they'll buy a forty six to run but a three three eight big bore stuff straight walls and then they'll get a thirty and run all their you know all the other rifles with that so. yeah yeah because you're so you should name the Banish forty six is you know the, the gateway drug yeah. or <laughs> the Banish marijuana you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But because uh, I mean, obviously, in North American hunting, the 30, 30 caliber is is pretty it's much king. king. You yeah. know, you can use For a sure. thirty cal, whether it's a thirty out six, a three hundred eight, or a three hundred wind mag or whatever. You can use that same suppressor for all the big time North American. Yep. big game hunting calibers, right? Yep. For so sure. yeah, because it's all it's all all the thirty caliber. So I mean. Yeah, I don't know. If, I think whenever I talk, whenever you talk elk hunting, it's like you have your your seven millimeter crowd and yep. you have a thirty caliber crowd. Where yep. all the thirty caliber guys are either thirty out six or three hundred mag guys. You yep. know, so it's like I don't know. I don't know where you where you lie in that, but it's like one of those things because you get advantage thirty, you can run that on all of them, right? Yep. You can run on your seven mil, you can yep. run on your thirty cals, and everything For sure. else. Yep. So <clears throat> yeah, where do you lay in that? I am a thirty cal guy. Yes, yeah, I got three hundred win mag, and I. I have a six five PRC and that's what I've been shooting most recently. Just I've been shooting elk or anything, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah. you know, deer and antelope and stuff is that PRC does great. But yeah, I'd, I guess I'd lean more towards the third. That new seven PRC looks pretty cool though. It does so. look pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to get one. I need to get a 
I need to get a 30. I have a 6.5 Creedmoor, and I'll say what you want, but it's a damn good. Like, the 6.5 is a great deer size game and smaller caliber. Like, it's just, it does everything you need it to do. Yep. It bucks the wind great, and it's a, just a great round for that. I wouldn't want to use it for elk, but, yep. you know, some people do, and they have great success, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't want to. Yep. I'd want to run, like, a 30 caliber plus. Yep. Get a little more weight there. Yeah. No, I agree, for sure. Yep. But that six five is a good round. I don't care what anyone says. It's yeah. a good round. Well, that's good where, round. like we, t- you know, that's where people they just it's so accurate and shoots so well that you know they they have a three hundred win. But God, I like shooting that six five a lot more, and I feel a lot more confident with it. You know, so that's where yeah. I think some of the two where you see the the hate or the need more and all that. It's because people started trying to push it to what it's really not meant for. You know right. what I mean? Like right. it's it's a great gun, but it's not. It's, it's just that. not a thirty cal. It's just no, not it's like not. it. <laughs> that's just all there is to yeah, it. You know, it's not, it's, it's not the end all be all to, yeah. um, you know, North American big game hunting. It's no. a good solid caliber, but it's not gonna. It's not gonna be the best option for you if you're taking, um, you know, elk and moose and especially like dangerous game. Like if you're gonna go out on brown bear hunt, yeah. probably shouldn't use a six five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want to put that fucker down pretty quick. Yeah, but um, I, I I think it's a great round but i think it's the biggest thing why people hate it on it so much hate it on it so much and they love to hate it because right when it came out it was like hornady did the horn if there's one thing hornady does really well it's marketing yep and they're very good at marketing their new calibers that come out yep especially the new the prc line yeah like they started with like it's crazy the six five creedmoor yep. it kind of like I don't. It didn't start there, but it's like, man, that was like the one where the people they're like, we're gonna push this. That pretty was hard. the start. Yeah, that's kind of the start. And then they came out, you know, with the, they have the three hundred PRC and the six five PRC, and they came out with this whole PRC line. They come out, you know, it's like I can see why people hate it because like it's just marketing. They're mm-hmm. trying to market it, and you know that seven millimeter, that seven PRC is not the newest, hottest cartridge. It's a, it seems like a fine cartridge, sure, but. We already have seven millimeter red mag. We already have two eighty actually improved. Yep. We already got you know twenty eight nozzler, and the twenty eight nozzler is faster than the seven PRC. Yep. But they're pushing this high BC, you know, bucking the wind aerodynamic yep. bullet, and that's their whole big thing. And it, is, it, it does the numbers don't lie. It is a great it does it is a great looking round. But if you already have like a twenty eight nozzler, would you be rushing out to go buy a seven PRC? No, I personally no, wouldn't be. I no, I think, no, and I think it's just kind of, like, like I said, I have a 6.5 PRC. It's, you know, it's it's the heavy for caliber bullets, high BC, bucking the wind good, you know, and they're efficient. They're not, those PRCs aren't built to be the 28 Nosler, the as fast as we can push that bullet and hit us. You know, they are, you know, they're kind of is that precision, you know, precision rifle card. It's built right. to you know, long range shooting, be efficient and be able to shoot that bullet that you can shoot far and still maintain that energy out far and you're not burning up your barrel, you know, as much as a Nosler or a rum or something like that, that you're just burning a ton of powder every time you pull the trigger. So, right. I think with the PRCs and stuff like that, they're, it's a good medium. Like if you don't have, if you don't already have a seven millimeter rifle, like a seven millimeter red mag or a 28 Nozzer, even a 280 actually improved. So if you already have one of those, you probably don't need to rush out and get one unless you just yep. want to. Yep. But I think that's the reason why a lot of people hate on it because they're like, I don't need that. I already have my, you know, my X, my whatever. I already yeah. have a 280 actually improved and I've killed everything from moose, everything in North America with that thing. I don't need that. 
some PRC sucks. It's like, well, it doesn't just because you don't need it doesn't mean it sucks. Yeah. And just because <laughs> you have it doesn't mean it's better than either. You know, yeah. it's just it's just another cartridge. It's exactly. Meant, and if you don't, if the gun industry, oops, if the gun industry isn't putting out new stuff, you know, as much as they can, like they're mm-hmm. constantly trying to change and evolve and tweak and everything else. And if they're not doing that, then people are going to start getting bored. Yep. You know, it's just the way human nature is. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'll go shoot my fucking seven rem mag again or whatever else is. It gets people excited. It gets people talking about it. Yep. It gets people. It gets people more enthralled in the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's a good thing that they're constantly trying to For sure. improve and adapt. Yep. It's just, uh, you know, is it the next bit best thing? Maybe probably not, but it's cool. It's yeah, fun to talk about. For sure. So. <laughs> no, 100%. No, I agree. Get those old those old FUD guys there. It's like, yeah. fuck you. I don't, need to, I don't need a fucking 7 PRC or a 300 PRC or any of this other shit. I got my 30-06. Yep. That's all I need. Yep. I've killed everything with it. It's like, great job, dude. Like, mm-hmm. That's awesome. No one's telling you you have to buy it. Exactly, yeah. Right? It's just, no, it's kind of the new, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, a lot of those caliber 30 at 1906, 30 at you know, yep. like it's. Old it's a hundred years old, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Back just... in 1906, yeah, the 30, it, honestly, in today's day, the 30 out six is not, in my opinion, a dead cartridge. It's a no, fucking great yeah. round. It's a yep. great round. It's way way ahead of its time, and it's a great, great, great round. But like, don't just hate on shit. Hate on shit. Yep. You know, like the seven Creedmoor, like or the seven Creedmoor. Fuck the six five Creedmoor. I bought that in a pinch when I went on that show, and. Um, it was, it, it did what it needed to do. It killed a fucking pronghorn pretty yep. dead. So I can't complain. Yep. But, uh, my plan is also like, my plan is to give my daughter cause the six, five does not kick yep. very much at all. And once I get that, once I get that thing suppressed, yeah, put a can man, on it. I yeah. could probably give it to my daughter tomorrow. Yeah. She'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's nine. So <laughs> yeah, no, it, it helps a ton. Like, I mean, even like my sister, you know, she grew up always, you know, I grew up hunting and, you know, fishing and stuff, but we grew up rifle hunting and i've gotten into bowing myself but you know my sister's always been around guns i was always walking around the trees with the 22 and stuff and she doesn't not like she she's four guns and all that but she just never really shot didn't like him you know we started going out there suppressors and she literally asked me one day she's like that doesn't look that bad can i shoot it you know she shoots it and she's like i think i kind of want to buy a gun you know like it just it can help with you know kids or just anyone just getting in it just makes a lot more enjoyable so it does it does. Um, have you done uh, South Dakota? You have your rifle season, yep. so you can shoot center fires out there. Yep. Yep. Um, you can't here in Iowa. Have you ever done like Midwest gun hunts? Like your Midwest, like straight wall cartridge or slug guns uh-uh. kind of thing? Okay. No, I've shot. I've shot one deer with a muzzleloader, and that's everything else has been a bow or yeah, rifle, okay. center fire rifle. Because around here, um, just because it's short, basically short range, right? Um, firearms yep so you have your straight wall cartridges which is, are allowed now and they don't go you know they're not center fire they're not going to go as you're not going to shoot anything out to you know 500 yards with yeah. a fucking 450 bushmaster yep. you know it's a 200 yard and then kind of gun yeah maybe maybe 250 or 300 if you're if you shoot it a lot you could probably get it out to 300 but yep. that's not what the gun is built for it's built for 200 yards and in yep but uh it's um so a lot of guys around here they push a lot like, yep. So they get in big groups and they go out and party hunt and yep. push. Is that popular in South Dakota? Not, not at least where I'm from. Um, not especially not like walking and pushing. You know, like I, you know, like I personally never done, but, you know, watch YouTube and seen videos. 
I personally don't know of anyone around us that's really done much stuff like that. Um, I have been a part of sometimes where I guess we do a push, but it's more of like you set one guy at the end of the field and then you have one, you know, one guy walking and it's not like a group really, you know what I mean? Like that's how I actually shot one of my bucks is one of the first years and I was kind of, is a slew and we weren't really seeing much kind of during there. Like, well, Hey, I'll, we'll go walk this, see if anything is bedded in there. You know, it jumped up a buck and, you know, he ran over past me and, you know, got to shoot him. But that's, that's honestly about the only time that I've ever been a part of, or personally, I've, you're like pushed deer, you know, yeah. and like I say, like you can call that pushing, but not definitely not like it's you not like guys that. do it or like buddies. Like I, you know, I got a buddy that grew up around Okaboji and he talks about, mm-hmm. you know, they're, it's opening deer and they, you know, you have a group of guys that you go out and you, you know, we shot a deer. It's not like he yeah. has a tag. It's we went hunting or we got two deer this weekend. Or, yep, yep. You know. And that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, getting into me getting into bow hunting and stuff too. There's a lot of bow hunters that are just like, you know, fuck pushing, fuck mm-hmm. gun hunts. <laughs> like there, a lot of people are very anti gun hunting because of the, especially in the Midwest where they, you know, you're a diehard bow hunter yep. in Iowa and you take the time you're doing all this work to make things awesome and everything's going good. And you're, you go your whole season, you have this target buck on your list and you're like, I'm going to hunt my, I'm not going to wrap my tag around anything else than this deer. Yep. And you go the whole season, then gun season rolls around. And it's, it's, it's like right when December rolls around in Iowa, you have all these bow hunters that are just like, fuck, fuck, like biting their fingers. Like, come on, man, please. No, please. No. And they're driving around, like watching the gun hunters and stuff. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, and then they see their deer getting pulled out and they're like, oh, my fucking deer got killed yeah. like, stu- by a dumbass fucking gun hunter, fud ass loser yeah that just walks out hunts one Blue weekend jeans. one yeah. weekend the fucking <laughs> year and everything else and like i get that i totally understand that and i'm not a huge um party hunting pushing kind of guy like yep. i grew up doing it when i was young but we did it in a very small group it was me my dad my buddy and his dad yep and we I was part of a bigger group before but my dad and i were just like fuck this like this is getting out, getting reckless so mm-hmm. we just broke away and did our yep. own thing but um, it's one of those. I said, but um, my wife, my wife's been listening, and she's to this show, and she's like, "You say but um a lot." And I'm like, "Fuck!" It's like that. You ever watch How I Met Your Mother? I I've a little bit, yeah, okay. not there's, a ton. There's but... an episode where Robin she says but um, and they make fun of her for saying but um a lot. <laughs> she said I do that a lot. I'm like, "Fuck!" So I'm trying not to do that as much. But um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, but um, but um, but um, <laughs> but but um. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's like I get why guys do that because a lot of guys around here, they, they work their ass off. They're working their blue-collar job. They're mm-hmm. doing construction, farming, whatever they do. And a lot of farmers can't bow hunt around here because they're harvesting during yep. November. Busy. They're busy as hell. And they just want to relax a little bit. And they're like, okay, I'll go out with my, with my shotgun or, you know, 450 Bushmaster or whatever and push some deer and we'll, we'll shoot some deer. Yep. And that's what they do and i can't hate on that because that's mm-hmm. their time to get out they're buying the tag they're buying the tags buying the licenses doing their thing it's hard for me to hate on them because c- i've lived in that world for a while but i do understand the bow hunters perspective of like that's not really hunting that's mm-hmm. not really hunting because the way i do it is so much different yep and shooting that hunting here yeah yep. exactly but what i see in the west like west of iowa yep. right like nebraska south dakota why? I mean, once you get out, like in your quote unquote west 
Western yep. hunting. Yep. They don't do that a lot because they have plenty of space. You guys are doing a lot more spot and stock. Mm-hmm. And when you said you guess technically maybe you push, but it's one guy maybe walking through a slough and like still hunting through it. Yep, exactly. And, that, and that's how me yep. and my buddy hunt a lot, like late yep. muzzleloader mm-hmm. when we're out in public trying to make something happen kind of thing. We don't have a whole lot of time. Like yep. we'll have one guy just post up on an escape route area yep. and he'll still hunt through. And it might take a while. Yep. And he'll still hunt through, but he'll generally he'll get a shot. And mm-hmm. then when they when he shoots, then the deer will run through and hopefully they run in our direction, my direction. If I'm posting, then they'll hopefully they'll run in my direction. Then a lot of times they'll stop once they feel kind of safe and look around and maybe you'll get and a you shot, get a shot. You know? yep. So yep. that's how we do it too. And you know, I don't really consider that pushing necessarily, but it still kind of is. But that's where me personally, I would love to see like the culture kind of go more towards that. And I think it honestly is mm-hmm. changing a little bit towards yeah, that. For where, sure. You know, we don't like, no one really goes out there with pots and pans anymore. Yeah. It used, to be, <laughs> it used to be a tactic back in the day, like in December, they're like, we got to get the deer on their feet. So they'd have one guy in there with like pots and pans, like, ching, 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 hey, ho, oh, hey, deer, what you do, 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 yeah. Like making all sorts of rack and getting the deer like running. And that's when they yep. start shooting and stuff. Yeah. I think that's kind of going away a little bit, but. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about all that stuff. I try not to hate on people for the way they like to hunt yep. and do their thing. And everyone has, everyone lives in different circumstances. So I, I don't like to hate on the way they do things, but I do understand why some people do. Yeah. No, I'm the same. If, if you're doing it and you're, it's legal and you're not breaking any laws, you're not, you know, just chasing deer down with trucks or whatever, you know what I mean? If you're doing it yeah. legal and it's all kosher, I mean, yeah, you do what you want. It's, Everyone's got their own thing being like you said, if you're a working class guy and you're not, maybe you like hunting, but you're not, it's not your life. Maybe like me and you were, mm-hmm. I make the time to go hunt. Like I plan my falls around, like I need to get this done. I need to get this done so I can go hunt Saturday. I can hunt Wednesday after work or whatever it is. You know, I specifically make time. And if those people aren't doing that, you know, they got the two, maybe three weekends of, of gun season and, mm-hmm. They have four days to hunt, you know, so yeah, they can't go out and sit, you know, right. <laughs> like I, like, you know, right. like me or you or whatever. Yeah. They might not have the but, time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, or they just maybe don't want to put in the time like that. So, you know, it does take a lot, dude. It does take a lot of planning and, you know, working with your, your family and your work and stuff. And it's gotten to the point with me where I love like hunting. Like that's my thing. Yep. Like, ever since I got out of the army, like for me, when I got out of the army is very much like something that I wanted to do, but also it's helped me adapt back into like civilian life. Yep. Where it gives me purpose to an extent where it gives mm. me purpose, it gives me something to look forward to all year round. For sure. I, in the off season, I'm planning what I'm going to do next year. And yep. It's always on my mind and it keeps me motivated to, mm-hmm. it keeps me motivated to stay in shape instead of becoming a fat fucking, you know, like what a lot of veterans do. They, Get home, they grow their beard out. I grew my beard out, but yeah. they go get home, grow their beard out, eat a bunch of food, drink a lot of beer, and get fat and slothy because they're yep. like, "Well, I've been, you know, for the past twenty years or ten years or five years, however long you're in the military for, I woke, I've been waking up at four in the morning every fucking morning to go do stupid PT to go on a fucking battalion run or do something stupid that I don't like to do. I can't wait to just be done with this shit, go home and not do that stuff. Yep, but for sure. hunting for me has kept me in the gym. Like I wake up at four in the morning to go to the gym on my own accord because I'm like, man, I want to stay in shape at least to a certain extent because it makes hunting a lot 
you know, easier, easier yeah. and more enjoyable for sure. And it just kind of keeps me motivated to do that. But it's gotten to the point with me too, where I will turn down or not go for a certain job that I know I have a really solid chance of mm-hmm. getting that pays probably a lot more than I get paid now, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do it because I'm like, well, fuck, there goes my fall. Yeah. You know, getting time off is going to be harder yep. in that job. So I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that's like one like cool thing about obvious science essential. Like a lot of us are hunters and everyone gets it, but then also it's kind of a catch 22 because we all want to be on at the same time, you know? So oh, right. it's like, you know, like we're all hunters. So, you know, like some of us that, you know, it's like, when are you going out West or when are you, you know, what are you yeah. doing? Like how many of us are going to be gone? Are we all going to get this time off or like, Yep. We need to like almost coordinate like so you guys can you can go that week and then I'll stay at the office so we can, you know, each get to go hunting versus yeah, you should you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> So that is like it's kinda it's kinda funny. Sometimes it's like we all go ask for time off and it's like, Yep, it's opening West River, you can tell. Like, you know, mother, half the, the sales guys are yeah. gone. <laughs> and your manager's like, Motherfuckers, someone's gotta work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should structure it so like you have two teams. You have your you know, they're equal and you have your um team of team of you know, you're one team that's hunters. You have your other team that are just shooters. Yep. You know, so <laughs> so then you, the hunters can take their time off during fall. Yeah. The shooters can take their time off during the summer. Yeah. You guys kind of coordinate. coordinate that way. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> it's kind of like the way, you know, Pittman Robertson Act works, like with the ta- extra tax, like the excise tax on yep. hunting equipment and shooting stuff, you know, like yep. gu- guns, ammo accessories all that shit it all goes back to Pittman robertson mm-hmm. and hunter like that's one thing that i noticed too that i never really knew until i started getting more into this i guess industry or the closer i get into the hunting industry but i grew up like a shooter yep. and being both like there is actually a lot bigger of a divide than i ever thought there was mm-hmm. in the shooting and hunting industry yep and there's a lot of hunters that are not i shouldn't say a lot I have seen and heard of some big hunters that are more apt to give on certain gun control ideas yep. and support yep. certain legislation because they're like, well, it doesn't affect me, so fuck it. Yeah, like, I don't want the mass shootings to keep happening, so why don't we get rid of assault rifles? Yeah, you know, I that's so, one thing. Just being, you know, talking to gun guys, that's one thing I was surprised of too because me growing up. You know, guns are, are for protection and stuff too, but mostly is hunting. You know, like I grew up, you know, I have a 22 go shooting squirrels or rabbits or, you know, and then you go shoot antelope and like, that's what I grew up as far as guns, you know, and it is, that was a wake up for me too. It's, I talked to guys and there's guys that only have AR, so they only shoot pistols oh, yeah. and they don't hunt, but they go to the range once a week, yep. you know, and I, I personally didn't realize that, that there is kind of that divide almost you know yeah, <laughs> there is yeah there is and yeah. it's not so much i see it more so on the the hunting side of things which is very disheartening because i've seen it on more of the hunt the hunting side of things where they're like more willing to work with gun control yeah. legislation like work with it as in like maybe not see the full story in the way that maybe you should yep. look at it um and that has always bothered me and i'm like man if you motherfuckers you're so big on conservation. I love that. You're so big on conservation and hunting is conservation. Don't fuck with my hunting, blah, 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 blah. And that's great. Absolutely. Keep fighting for that. hundred percent. But 
you do you realize that most of the conservation money from the Pittman and Robertson Act comes from shooters, non hunters, yep, guys that understand how hunting works, but they're like, I just don't have the time to do it. I love shooting. Like I just had a, yep. a buddy of mine, Landon Baker, on. He's a big, he's a PRS guy. Yep. He fucking loves shooting. He shoots all the time. He's mm-hmm. he buys he's reloads his own ammo because it's cheaper. Yep. But he's constantly buying gun stuff and feeding into conservation. Yep. So in Yes, hunting is conservation, but so is recreational shooting. And yep. so is the tactical side of things, the tactical shooting guys. Like, if you want to be a tactical mm-hmm. LARPing contractor operator dude that buys 10 AR-15s and buys a plate carrier and 100 magazines and, you know, tens of 10,000 rounds a month and just mm-hmm. shoots steel out of his backyard or the yep. local range. And he wants to record himself and put himself on YouTube saying, like, I'm super cool. Look yep. at me. Like, this is awesome. Like, God bless you, man. Because yep. that, that is conservation. Yep. Might not look like it. Might not look like it to but your eyes. He's contributing. But he's contributing sure. to the longevity of conservation and hunting. Yep. It's like, y'all need to look at that and understand. Like, if, if big you. Picture. Yeah, the big picture. If you want, if you want to ban certain things, ban certain guns because you don't understand them, it's like, you're going to lose a lot, dude. Like yep. it doesn't make any sense. For sure. No, one of, I mean, one of, one of my good buddies at work, he's, he hunts a little bit and stuff, but he is that tactical guy. You know, he shoots, he's got, he goes to the range and he can grab a 1911 and ring steel at 50 yards because that's what he does. You know, I can't do that, but that's what he does. And let's be honest, he probably, I mean, I buy a lot of hunting stuff, but mm-hmm. when he's going to the range, you know, twice a month or whatever, and he's shooting a couple hundred rounds he's probably contributing, you know, just as much or if not more than I am to, Oh yeah. You know, to Pittman Robinson, to what I actually, you know, like love to do. Yeah. Like, and that's a bigger yep. deal to me for him. Like, you know, he wants to stay sharp, protect his family, just enjoy shooting all that. Yeah. But like you said, he's pumping all that money and it's coming right back to us. Yep. So and like my dad, I grew up hunting. My dad wasn't a big, sh- big shooter type of guy. Like he, yep. he loves shooting. Yep. Loves going there recreational shooting in the backyard because we lived on an acreage and we grew up doing that. But we still only, growing up, I still only had, like, we all had shotguns. Like, my dad had a shotgun. I had a shotgun. My brother had a shotgun. Then we had a family 22. That's really all we had growing up. Yep. And my, later on, my dad ended up buying, like, a Taurus 9mm. Yep. He's like, oh, yeah, fucking, this is cool. Like, yeah, yep. it was cool. But um, when I first started hunting, my dad bought me my shotgun. And his, you know, I had bird barrel, my slug barrel, and he bought me, I think it was like five boxes of slugs. And he's like, this one's the zero. So we went and zeroed my shotgun. Yeah. He's like, the rest of these, these should, like, there's five boxes, you know, or five shells per box. Yep. So three more boxes. He's like, this should last you 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, it only takes one. It only yeah. takes one slug to kill a deer. Yeah. So this should last you 15 years until you're old enough to buy your own, you know, kind of thing. Yep. And, but that's like the mentality of a lot of hunters where it's like, I buy a couple boxes of ammo a year just to zero and check my zero and shoot Mm -hmm. a little bit and then go out and hunt. No. And I do. And we, I see that too. A lot of times at shows where, you know, it's, it's a dude, he loves guns. He he hunts, but he is that guy. He only shoots his gun a couple of times a year and he just like, I just, you know, I don't know. Cause there, there are those people that make sure it's on shoot their deer and that's you know that's all they do and they're happy you mm-hmm. know and 
That's great. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I'm not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love shooting too much. Exactly. Like, I, yeah. I really love shooting. I don't know what it is about shooting, like whether it's archery or guns or what. It's like, I love all of it. Like it's so much fun in yep. its own different realms. Like For sure. bow hunting is so much fun in its own, th- in its own right. Yep. Like you're solitary. I'm out by myself. It's all on me yep. like, to get this done. And it's awesome. It's super rewarding for myself. When yep. I get done bow hunting and I yep. end up killing a deer mm-hmm. and I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I did this by myself. This is awesome. I talk to my buddies. They're like, fuck yeah, dude, this is great. Yep. Like, bow hunting is awesome. It's the best, best thing ever. And it is. It's awesome. But then I go out with my buddies and we do a gun hunt. Yep. And I'm like, but this is so much fun. So it's so much more fun, mm-hmm. like in the moment fun, the camaraderie that you're yep. with somebody like you're, it's more, um, it's uh, it's a it's a group. It's a better experience. Yeah, it's you a know? group. It's a group thing that you're doing with your buddies, mm-hmm. and you're getting that immediate camaraderie. You're actually hunting together. Yep. Like bow hunting, you're not bow hunting with anyone generally. Exactly. Unless, you go, it, unless you go out on a wet out west trip together, and you have your spotter and you're stalking yep. and doing that thing. That's cool. Like, but you're still only one on one. You don't want to go out there with a group of you know four or five guys and yep. go on a bow hunt. That's just yep. not a thing you do. But you no. can do that with a gun hunt. Like, it's so much fun in its own different realm of things yeah for sure that's i think that's why too like i'm getting really big in a cow hunt just because like, i love bow hunting and stuff but there is that it's a you it's me i did that it's you know you're not hunting with anyone you might have a buddy go out and help us put some trail cameras out or you might go scouting together or what you know whatever it is but you know generally bow hunting but i think like i don't know me and i'm sure everyone else you shoot a deer with your bow you're calling your dad, your wife, your buddies, you know, like, cause you want to share that with them yeah. right away. That's where it's cool. Like, you know, Kyle Hunt, like we didn't have a great night last night, but you know, yeah. like <laughs> when we go out, you know, like, like, you, you know, you've seen some of those when you call in a group of them and you shoot, you know, you shoot a three pack or something and like you just have your buddy right there, you know, like it's cool to have that camaraderie and being able to talk and bullshit and yeah, you know, all that for sure. Yeah. It's definitely less, uh, it's, just so much it's just so different i can't compare the two mm-hmm. like a lot of people like to compare the two yeah. i just can't do it because i mean it's just so different it's apples to oranges i agree you know like For yes sure. an apple's a fruit and an orange is a fruit yep. but you can't compare yep. them i to will each other. always bow hunt and i'm a huge bow hunter. i love it but i i don't think i'll ever give away gun hunting because of that too like mm-hmm. i do probably feel more accomplished when i kill something with a bow and i do think i enjoy that more personally but not to the extent of like, I don't like shooting guns or anything. I just, it's a little different. You know, I, I kind of like both, you know, I like having that camaraderie, but also there's sometimes I love being the fly on the wall and me just being on the tree and watching everything wake up and deer walk by or birds or, you know, just doing whatever. Yep. Like that stuff is awesome. But then it is really cool, you know, where you can go out and go hunting and stuff and be with buddies and bullshit and yeah. hang out and talk. And the thing that's always kind of bothered me about, um, certain people in any, in any, like, okay. When I was strictly a gun hunter, like yeah. I've told Kurt this, I think I've said this a, a couple of different times now and yeah. I both think it's fucking hilarious, but the way I grew up was like, yeah, my dad said that, you know, bonding's for fellow. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Yep. You, know, it's like, <laughs> you can't have a gun. You can't so have a gun, you know, so you go bow hunting. Yep. And, um, you know, so I kind of grew up with that kind of – obviously, I know he's saying it in jest. Yep. But it's one of those things where, you know, 
um, gun like, is just so different, but uh, like what? Okay, this is what I was gonna do. The thing that bothers me sometimes about certain bow hunting groups, and obviously, working class bow hunters not like this. And a lot, maybe the, I would say probably the majority of people aren't like this, yep. but um, they look at that and like I'm doing it the right way. Right. I'm, ethical. Unquote, I'm ethical. I'm ethical because I'm yep. out there with a bow and I'm shooting these animals. They have no idea I'm there. I'm a fucking ninja. Yep. And yes, you are. And you're doing great. Yep. Good job, buddy. I'm so proud of you. And you're doing a great job. Like you sneak in there. They have no idea they're there. And then all of a sudden you, mm-hmm. you send a fucking arrow through their you know, through their lungs. Yep. And it's like, hell yeah, dude, I did it. I got sneaky as hell. And mm-hmm. It was great. But, um, I just did it again. But, um, but, <laughs> but the thing is like, uh, they, they, they like to say that they're doing certain things the right way. So other people should do it their way because it's the best way. Yeah. And maybe it is a great way to do it, but you can't just, you can't look down on other people for the Not style they like to hunt, no. you know, and stuff too. And also, it's like we work so hard and companies work so hard to make things easier, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, you know, I put it in this perspective. It's like trad hunters are, like, if you want to look at it that way, like, trad hunters are the best. Yep. If you want to look at it, best hunting, like, wh- who's the best hunter? Like, if, if compound bow hunters are better than crossbow hunters and they're better than gun hunters mm-hmm. than the trad guys like those guys the top. get the shit on everybody yeah like hey i'm out here, I'm out here with especially if you go as far as saying like sight? I'm, hun- I'm hunting off the ground with a fucking piece of wood and a string yeah. with a flannel maybe white toe adrenaline <laughs> yeah like those guys like jared scheffler he gets to go around he's the only person well the only that type of person is the only person can really go around and say i'm the best yeah you I- all suck yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, if that's uh, exactly yeah, if that's a lot for sure, I would I would agree with that. But he but he doesn't. <laughs> he does. He no, doesn't not do that at all. all. No, no, but this is the all. style he likes to do. But um, God dang it. Okay. Uh those guys are in that aspect the pinnacle, right? Yep. So really, like compound shooters shouldn't hunters shouldn't really say anything because there's always that better. I think that better yeah, way sure. of doing things. No, I do hate that too. And, yeah. and I'll, and I'll be, you know, when I got into bow hunting, there was a short time where I'm like, Oh, guns are stupid. I'm never going to shoot anything with a gun. You know, that was right after I shot my first year at the bow. And, you know, I shot it actually from the st- kind of stocked on him on the ground. It was double lung shot. You know, I got to watch him run 40 yards and fall over, you know, oh, and like yeah. as a young kid or not young kid, but I was, I think I was a freshman in college first year. I shot a deer with a bow. Yeah. Like young, I grew up, kid. grew up, not but like my dad didn't doesn't shoot a bow still to this day none of that just he's a gun hunter it's like for me it's like i just taught myself i did all this i bought my own bow you know and i was like screw guns you know then it's like actually no like you know like it's just it's another opportunity to be out there you know i think yeah i think everyone has. i did that too when i I first found bow hunting i was like yes fuck gun hunting yep this is the shit Yep. And then I went when I went back out with a gun. I'm like, ah, but this is also fucking sweet. Yeah, and it this is. is it's just so sure. different. So I'm, I just kind of morphed my way of thinking, just being like, it's just so different. You can't compare the two. Mm-hmm. And luckily in Iowa, in places like I, I still don't love to go out during gun season in Iowa, just because yep. you know I don't have a big group of guys I go with. And if, even if I did, I don't know if I'd want to. Yep. And I just I love. I like in the Midwest, I love muzzleloader season, like Mm -hmm. whether it's early muzzleloader or late muzzleloader, there's less people out there and it's a lot different, but you still get to shoot with a gun. It's good time. But I, man, going out West, that's like 
in my opinion, like th- that's the rifle hunt. Like that's the yeah. gun hunt, you mm-hmm. know, where you can still go out with some buddies and you're shooting at a whatever, you know, three, four, maybe 500 yards, yep. wherever you're, whatever, whatever your personal ethical range is. Yep. Like, I, I, that's another thing too, like when, especially when it comes to rifle hunting and bow hunting and stuff, mm-hmm. like just like your ethical range might be 600 yards. Mm-hmm. My ethical range might be 400 yards. You know, and the next guy's ethical range might be 900 yards. Yep. Like I'm not, I would never put an ethical range on anybody because there's people out there that are worse shooters than me and better shooters than me. Yep. So who am I to say like you need to shoot him 400 yards and in? You know. So it, it's the same with mm-hmm. bow hunting. Like Clint Casper, like he mm-hmm. fucking goes out there and he whack. Say he goes out there and whacks a a pronghorn at 115 yards with his bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, dude, hell yeah! And yep. people look at him and be like, "You're a fucking piece of shit yep. for shooting that pronghorn at 115 yards." But he's dead. But for you know? yeah, but, but for, for him, Casper, that's he, not. You practice unethical. that, yeah. yeah that, that might not be an unethical shot. I, and I, don't get me wrong; I'm not putting this number on Clint. Yeah, he's never, yeah that's just he hasn't done this to my up. knowledge. I made I made it up. I'm using it as an example. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he's shot a pronghorn at 115 yards, yeah. but. Probably His ethical range might be a, <laughs> might be 115 yards, and my ethical range with a bow might be 30 yards. Yep, but that's just on you. You know, exactly. that's on you as a personal as a personal dilemma that you have to work through as a hunter. You know, mm-hmm. what's ethical and what's not. Yep, no, for sure. And that is kind of cool thing about like South Dakota too, where you know, like I'm on southeastern part, so I kind of get the ag land hunting trees, kind of like you know, like maybe like Kurt and you guys do over here in Iowa and stuff a little bit more. But I can drive three hours west, and now I'm in the prairies. I'm getting into the Black Hills. There's mule deer and antelope and stuff, so that is cool where I can kind of – I am kind of lucky where I can kind of get both. You know, I can be Midwestern food plot tree stand, or I can go out west and walk 15 miles in a day and wonder why I'm doing it. You know, yeah, like you can do right? <laughs> You know, like – Why they call Yeah. It's so, no. much, it's so much better just to sit in a tree and wait. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, we went out and shot a, you know, me and my buddy got antelopes right away this year. And my wife and I was last, I've had, I had rough around home for shooting bows. And she just asked me, she's like, like, honey, like you go out West and shoot stuff. But like, do you not have any good land to hunt around here? Like you haven't shot anything around home, you know, in a while. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Thanks. Dude. Dude, I fucking talk to my dad about this stuff sometimes. And I'll tell him like, oh yeah, I went down to Southern Iowa. Yep. And shot a nice deer. And he's like, why the fuck why would you do that? Did you go all the way down to Southern Iowa? There's deer here, Jake. Yeah. Like, yes, there are deer here, but there's not, there's not the those deer, deer on you. Yeah. And yep. it's like, I don't have my own land. So I'm yep. working on permission, like either public or permission pieces. And I'm either, you know, if I get permission, then I'm, you know, sometimes if they want, if the landowner wants, needs some help with some things, I'll try to help them, you know, as much yep. as I can in order to get For those. Sure permission pieces but i don't have my own land that mm-hmm. i can just go to and set up food plots and do all these things and yep. have this freedom to just go to this one spot like i have to travel around a little bit yeah and i don't love hunting around my home because there's a lot of different like, it's just it's just different there's bigger deer in other places of iowa that i would, mm-hmm. would rather hunt in and he's always says like why the fuck did you go way down there or way over there to hunt deer there's deer in oh, yeah. around <laughs> home dude like what are you doing like, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand, Dad. Yeah. You don't get my, it. Yeah, my dad's the same <laughs> way with a lot of stuff. And it's, you know, it's like I, like buying an expensive spotting scope. You know, he's like, well, we got one right there. It's like, yeah, but look at this at night compared to yours. Or, you know, yeah. same thing my dad's like. I remember one year my dad's like, 
boy, you and Zach are really good at just taking pictures of big deer, aren't you? You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like a jab. He's like, you guys are always out there and show me pictures of deer. Like, yeah. why aren't you ever shooting any, you know? It's yeah. like, got a freaking bow, dad. You know, it's tough. <laughs> you know, like, why don't you go out there and try it? Yep. And actually, I guess I should, t- so my dad, he had, had, had heart attacks. So, so he actually has license for crossbow in South Dakota and he hasn't, I try to get him to go out and sit and stuff, but he just, he doesn't really want to, you know, but he even said last year, he went out a couple of times. He just, he kind of mentioned, I think he realized it was like, he goes, boy, this crossbow stuff, even it's just not, he's like, it's not easy. No. <laughs> I'm like, no, not a, no. like, now you understand a little bit, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's one thing to see him out there, have him at 200 yards or whatever, yeah. but that's a, another thing I've seen on Facebook a lot where someone's like, yeah, I went out gun hunting one time. And the deer caught me, turned around, ran out to 200 yards. I shot it, and it's dead. Mm-hmm. Not fun. Like, okay. But then, like, so bow hunting, you know, you go out there and you sit in the stand. And you wait for it to get closer. And, yes, it is a lot more meticulous with stand, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, stand placement, wind direction, all this other shit you have to think about. You, mm-hmm. You're constantly thinking about it. It's a lot more like chess, you know. Yep. You're really playing a chess game and setting up, making, mm-hmm. like, setting a little trap for them and yep. trying to get them in really close to shoot them. But it's just so different. It's not necessarily that gun hunting is easier than bow hunting. It's just the, the success rate is larger. You have a more sure. success rate, higher success rate yep. during a rifle hunt than you do a bow hunt. But it's not necessarily that's easier. It's just it's just completely different. Like when you're out there gun hunting, For you're sure. walking a lot. If you're yep. out there moving around a lot more, you're putting the miles mm-hmm. on, and you know having a higher success rate because you have a longer distance you can shoot at. But I would say, man. Midwest whitetail bow hunting is much easier than Wyoming elk hunt with a rifle. Yeah. Like it's yeah. easier physically, but 100%, yeah. it's a higher success rate, yep. you know? So it's just completely different where, mm-hmm. you know, you think about that, but it's also where you're at, do, where you're doing it at. Like if I had a 300 wind mag and rifle season was open in Iowa, like would that be as much fun or would it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Because it's just one of those things that it's never been legal here, and I don't know how I would feel about someone setting up in there, in there, and being able to shoot out to 500 yards with a 300 yeah. wind mag and shoot, shoot across the section. Yeah, shoot Half across section, the section. Yeah. It's like that yeah, would be kind of <laughs> that would be kind of cheap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially up in my area, you, you've seen yeah, my area. You're see. around yeah. my town. It's like it's you can see for forever, dude. Yeah, you can really reach out there and touch something if you wanted to. If you if you know. Rifles were legal here. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, personally, like, that's why I love having, like, bow and rifle, too, because I can, you know, bow is hard. I can maybe be less picky or, you know, shoot a doe with a bow and have the meat and then try to shoot a buck or not be as picky or have a rifle tag. You can, you know, if you want to be that trophy hunter or whatever, you can do that because it's a little, and I, I hate to say it's easier because, I mean, I won't let, you know, a couple years ago, Wait a few years, get a good mealy tag, and I spend five days grinding, not, you know, mm-hmm. seeing deer, just not being able to get the right play or thinking I have them bedded, and you go and you get there and they're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm shooting a smaller muley, but like, it's not like it's just easy just because you have a rifle tag. You know, that's just right. guaranteed going out there. You know, I mean, I spent five days and killed one on, on the morning when I was planning on leaving, you know, because yep. he was driving to another spot to glass and he was close to the road. And I'm like, yep, you know, <laughs> like, too too close, sorry, buddy. Yeah, but. there you go, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. either gonna get de- you're either gonna get dead or you're gonna get educated. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, well, and your 
Like, when does your rifle season start in South Dakota? Um, so we have like east and west. It's generally like second week of November. So it's it's kind of I mean it's rut. Yeah, oh, it's okay. during. Yeah, so gotcha. it's. Um, yeah, gosh, I, West River is a week before East River generally. It's, okay, it opens. I guess South Dakota split right down the middle, and we have East and West. Basically, two different states. It, it? Yeah, it really kind of is. Honestly, yeah, you hit that river, and then like I said, it's boom prairie. Not as much ag fields. There's still some ag on the west side, closer to the river and stuff. But yeah, then you're, yeah, you're, I mean, it's prairie antelope. Yeah, you know, and like, um, I guess around here, our gun season doesn't start until December. Yep. So that's the the other reason why gun hunting around here, especially if you're, especially if you're trying to do it different, like you're not trying to go out there with a group of guys and fucking push mm-hmm. deer. You're trying to sit and wait. Like that is a tough time. Yep. You know, that just dis- early December yeah. time frame is tough. Nope. You might get lucky and a deer might pop into estrus late mm-hmm. and it might be action packed. But for the most part, like, man, that is a tough, tough time. It's not yep. super duper cold yet. So they're really not getting back. They're just getting out of the rut. It's just post rut. And they're just getting maybe starting to think like the bucks are starting to think about food again. Yep. But it's not super duper cold yet. But Usually in January, like the late muzzleloader, if you have the food, then you have the deer. Yep. But that December time frame is tough if you plan to hunt like that. Mm-hmm. So, and that, but that's the other thing where it's like, I don't think that gun hunting is easier than bow hunting in Iowa because, man, it is hard to get those deer up and be sitting there waiting for them to get up and move. And then I get why people push and stay mobile yep. and walk through areas to get them up and moving because yep. you might be sitting there the whole season and never mm-hmm. see a deer, you know? Yep. And like around us down. too, or like, you know, like it's so, so patchy, especially where I'm from, you know, I was talking about losing places to hunt cause they're tearing trees out and stuff. So it is, it can be, you know, really patchy where they're going to bed down they're going to get up 10 minutes before dark and then go to the food, you know, or something mm-hmm. where they just, if they don't, if it's not super cold out, like you're saying, they don't need to, you know, yeah. so they're just going to, Stay in the trees, out of the wind, and everything till they're really hungry, and then they'll get up when it's dark, and they know they're good. Yep. You know? So, yep, it's it's weird, but like then you have states like Minnesota where they have their gun season come in during the rut. Yep, and it's like oof. I know that's how South Dakota is too, and you know, growing up, like the older I get, the more I'm kind of like ooh, like maybe don't lo-. like growing up. I'm like hell yeah, like this is awesome because more deer out and all that, but like. You know, there is kind of a catch twenty two where it's like, like, ah, oh, I don't know, like it is. Cause, I mean, our our rifles three weeks long, three hundred wind mag, six, you know, whatever you want, whatever, you yeah. know. So, yeah, it's tough. I can see why, like, states like Wyoming would have their rifle season come in during, like, maybe the I don't know when it comes in, but I think you can hunt with rifles in like Wyoming during the rut mm-hmm. for mule deer and stuff. Yep. I get why that would happen. Why that'd be a thing because it's such big country out there. Yep. When you're talking totally like different. you're talking small tracts of lands, like that is t- really tough in the deer herd to be getting. Have, is, like they're trying to sure. they're trying to rut. They're trying to make more deer. Yeah. They're just getting fucking well, like shot I, up. Like <laughs> I guess this year I shot. You know I shot my buck on November thirteenth, and it so it's technically rifle season. And I in the first week, and I remember going up to and dropping my deer off at you know just to get sticks and stuff made, and there's just deer everywhere you know what i mean because it's it's a good time to be hunting and then you get, let them have right you know we have mm-hmm. rifles too so i was like i said it was i shot him early saturday morning he was at the locker by noon yeah there's you know 15 20 deer there already you know that's yeah. just the 
one locker. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so. But I do, I do also truly believe that the DNR, they set their quotas to a certain, Oh, for sure. Yeah. For I a don't, reason, you know. I it's agree. like, if you, you know, I don't know. I like to trust my DNR and mm-hmm. the biologists that work in the state. It's like, they set the seasons for a reason. Yep. And they have, you know, good intentions behind yeah, it maybe exactly. maybe minnesota doesn't but yeah no and they're out there and you know you always get the guys all i don't have deer like i used to or whatever you know but it's like well did you used to have deer in the one spot that you always hunted and they just you know something changed and now they're not living there you know yeah. too it's like yeah i agree they're not they're not out there trying to kill our deer herd away for sure yeah. you know and, it, and that's more maybe like the rifle and rut is maybe more like maybe you would have you know some bigger better quality deer because i think I mean, growing up here, I think South Dakota is a little underrated, but yeah, I can also say it's not like we're just pushing out 200s, 180s all the time, but I know multiple, you know, deer that I've seen in the past four or five years that have been in that 180, getting close to 200, you know, and yep. stuff that no one knows about just because there's a lot of those guys, I think, too, around South Dakota where they don't care about Instagram. They don't care about any of that. They grew up shooting big deer and they don't want anyone to know that they shoot yeah. big deer, you know, like yep. I'd. I worked for a dude that I didn't even know. He knew I was a huge hunter and I finally went to his house and he's got a couple monsters on the wall. I'm like, what the, like, where do these come from? And you know, and he just kind of quiet about it. He just doesn't like not ashamed of them or nothing like that, but he just, I don't feel like I need to brag about it, you know? And he's got like, like a 185 buck on the wall and a couple 160s. And I'm like, Damn. You know, like, what the hell? All I talk about is, honey, you don't even tell me that you shoot big deer. You <laughs> yeah, <know? right. laughs> like, it just, there are guys like that, you know? Yeah. It's not even, maybe part of it's that they don't want to brag, but another part of it's like that old, that kind of, definitely that old school mentality. And I think this is, you know, proven to be kind of true to this day too, where they're like, I don't want to tell anybody what I, that I shoot big deer because yep. then they're going to start encroaching my turf kind of yep, thing. And I don't sure. like that. No, nope, for sure. You do see that quite a bit with the social media and everything else and mm-hmm. hunting being really popular on social media and it gets, a lot of people are p- kind of pissed about the fact that, you know, their state is being overrun by non-residents. Cause I think, you know, when you look at the numbers, the numbers are saying that the hunting population is dro- is in decline, Yep. Um, but then you go out and you don't see that, you yep. don't see that decline because I think a lot more hunters, even though statistically we have less hunters, a lot more of them are roaming now and mm-hmm. hunting multiple states. And serious hunters. And serious hunters. Yep. Like, you know, with Onyx being such a big thing. Like there's it's a game changer. It's, dude, there's... It no, changed how I hunt. No piece of, yeah, no piece of public is safe. sacred anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> no. I literally myself found out about a small trim, like around my... Like I grew up, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't... Cause it wasn't posted or, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. On a, yeah. It's like, holy shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you meet like three other dudes that are out there hunting it and yeah. you're like, I didn't know this place was public yeah. either. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's like, it does suck to a certain extent, but it's also nice to see. It's nice to see people out there doing what they love to do and For having sure. fun and getting their, you know, but at the same time, yeah, I think a lot more people are roaming. A lot more hunters mm-hmm. are hunting multiple states and, going out west for elk and doing these things. A lot of western guys are like, I've been hunting elk my whole life and you guys fucking suck. You're ruining it. It's like, I see that. I can see why you'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get it. I get why states are changing their laws. Like Idaho used to be super easy to draw, like a bunch of OTC tags. 
mm-hmm. they're getting really they're starting every single year they're getting harder and harder yep. to get otc tags they sell out right away and the residents are getting pissed they're yep. like I-, I can't hunt now because mm-hmm. there's so many fucking people out here so they are limiting and raising prices and limiting certain areas for otc make yep. it more draw units and everything else so that does kind of suck but at the same time like i get why they're doing it they have mm-hmm. they have to respect their constituents in their home state. They have to respect the residents that are living there and paying taxes all year. Yep. But they also don't want to lose out on all that non-resident money that comes in. Yep. And they're like, man, if these motherfuckers want to keep paying $800 for a tag in Montana, plus plus the the hotel and and all the other stuff, I don't want to lose that, but I also can't piss off all the residents either. You know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't like, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Yep. In Iowa, it's, you know, I don't know. We, I think, I think Iowa does it pretty damn well. It does suck as a non-resident trying to hunt in Iowa. Yep. You have to wait four, three, four, five years before you can hunt mm-hmm. certain zones with archery. And that's another weird thing about Iowa is like out west to get a rifle tag is a lot harder than to get a bow tag. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to go out and hunt elk, it's a lot easier for me to get uh, an elk tag yep. with archery equipment yep. than it is with rifle. But then in Iowa, it's a lot easier to get a gun tag in Iowa than it is a fucking archery tag it's yeah. weird yeah no that is kind of odd how that's flopped you know it is weird yeah because yeah. i think in some zones it's like yeah i could draw this tag um every two years if i wanted to go gun hunting mm-hmm. but then i'll never get my bow tag yep so then they're like well now i just wait five years to get this bow tag even though i could hunt here every two mm-hmm. years with the gun it's like it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it both. Cause like you said, you can't just, it can't just be a free for all. It just is not, that just won't work, you know, but right. It is suck well, a little bit. You can't just, I don't know. It, I can see both be that you got to limit it somehow. It right. just has to be. Cause yeah. I mean, South Dakota is in the same too. I know we've limited and changed stuff for some out of or non-resident out of States, you know, as mm-hmm. far as time frames and when you can apply or you can hunt public or only private or whatever you know so yeah we were talking about that last night a little bit too how um south dakota changes their stuff because changed their rules up because it used to be south dakota was basically over the counter mm-hmm. like for everything everything yeah except <laughs> for elk yeah, elk, for and elk. elk yeah elk bighorn elk and, and mountain goat yep. yeah that's the yep. but it used to be over the counter for deer and pronghorn and everything else so everyone would put in their draw tags for wyoming and maybe Montana or mm-hmm. wherever else they put in their draw tags. If they didn't get drawn for anything. They're like, well, fuck it. I'll just go to South Dakota then. Yep. So I, then you guys are probably seeing a huge influx in mm-hmm. non-residents all the time. Yep. So they definitely needed to change their stuff up too to adapt. Yep. And, for sure. Yep. And they did. And it's now there's, there's, I don't know the exact date, but there's a certain date where non-residents, you got to apply before, I think it's sometime in June. I, I don't know. I'm not non-residents. I don't know. But sometime right. in this, you got to apply and then you, and then it's, and then it's limited to, there's a certain amount of, you know, basically you can hunt public and private. And then after that, it's only private, you know, and then that's obviously a lot harder getting permission and all that, because I've definitely seen it too. Like, well, I was telling you, you know, like I've, I used to hunt a place, you know, and it just got leased out, you know, cause they can, and he's like, sorry, Matt, but he's like, I can get paid, you know, like, and yeah. like, I can't blame him. Like I get it, you know, but. Yeah, I can supple- I can supplement my income if I yep. take this other dude's money and kick you off. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, it's not that 
I don't want you to hunt at all. It's just that he pays me to not let other people hunt. Right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to step on his toes and it's understandable and yep. money talks and that's, man, that's the, that is the, the pros and cons of leasing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing we were talking about last night a little bit where when I was growing up, um, bow hunting wasn't super popular in yep. my area. It was a lot of gun hunters and man, it was so easy to get permission mm-hmm. back then. No one had ownership of anything. No one had ownership of anything. Unless, you know. Of deer, I should yes. say. Yeah. And then bow hunting started getting more popular and it just, it, it's just a fact where it takes more acres per person to make a bow hunter happy. Yep. Than it does to make a gun hunt a gun hunter happy. Yep. Like gun hunters are generally hunting in groups, so you're making, you know, on a on a piece of on a piece on a piece of land, you're making, you know, five or six guys happy. Then you have a bull hunter with maybe some money comes in and says, Hey, I don't want any gun hunters here, I'll pay you mm-hmm. to lease it, but I have sole permission. Yep. And now those five guys are displaced because of because of one person. Yep. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I understand why that happens, but it doesn't make it not suck. Yep. You know? <laughs> For sure. 100%. It does suck. Yep. No, because I, I mean, I'm on the, like, there are a couple places that I am the only one that has permission to. And, like, it's awesome for me. But, like, I get it, too, you know. And it's because it, it, that is the bow hunting thing where it's tough because it's, yep. you know, and if, I, don't know, I think it depends on type of hunter. You know, some people, they just don't care. Like, they're just there to, they want to be out and they want to fill the freezer and they don't really care. You know, maybe they don't care as much. But if you want to try to shoot an old deer or whatever your goal yep. is, you're just, you're going to be more protective of what it, whether it's your land or you got permission for it or you're paying for it or you do chores Absolutely. for them in the sum, whatever it is, you know? like yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's another, it, in Iowa, it gets brought up every year where um non-resident landowners get pissed because they're like why the fuck do i have to wait four years to hunt my own property yep and a lot of non-residents are like if i buy the property i'm paying taxes every year just like a resident but i can only hunt it every four years yeah and i get that aspect i get that that would suck to own land in a different state and be like i own this land i pay taxes property taxes Mm -hmm. i want to hunt it every year Yep. But you can't. And it gets brought up. I think legislation gets brought up every year where a bill comes by where they like, let landowners hunt just their land yep. every year and have a buck, a buck and a doe tag or whatever. Yep. You know, but then the residents get pissed because they're because then we're sitting here like, OK, you allow that. Now, I can't afford land in, in my own home state that I've been, yep. tra- because I've that's... been saving my entire life to buy mm-hmm. my own piece of land. Now I can't afford it because you have these rich non-residents that are buying land and rate and jacking the prices way up to guarantee an Iowa tag because they'll pay for the yeah because they'll pay sure. they'll pay the non-resident ta- um, yep. fees. They just want to hunt every year. Yep. So now they go out and they buy because they got the money year, for the land. They yep. like the money's not the issue. So like you said, they're just well, that's where I want to hunt. So I'll, whatever you're asking, I'll pay that so I can be there every year. Yep. You know, and, and I get that argument from the non-resident side. I do get that argument because yep. I would be kind of upset too if I couldn't hunt my property every year. Mm-hmm. But as a resident, I'm also like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> just, just shut up because I want to be able to own land in my own state too. Yep. And if that passes, then I won't. There's a less, maybe I won't be able to afford land here yep. ever, you know? Yep. 
and or where you want to have land exactly yeah exactly like i have an acreage so i mm-hmm. do own land i'm a landowner yep but i own like two acres my house is on and i have no trees like it's not <laughs> it's yep. not hunting land yeah it's just a, an acreage that yep. i live on i want to own hunting land someday yep and i think last year they proposed that if a non-resident owns 80 or more acres then they should be able to hunt it every year mm-hmm. but then it's like man fuck you guys because now everything 80 and bigger is going to cause it's going to like be unattainable for the average guy yeah so then i granted maybe i don't know maybe it'd make land prices like maybe make prices in the like seventy nine thousand and cheaper maybe Mm -hmm. it'd make them even a little bit cheaper i don't know what would happen there Mm -hmm. but this weird economic side of things where there's pros and cons to everything and that's why non-residents even if they're landowners have to wait because the residents get all butthurt about, you know, the possibility of land uh, non-residents hunting every year. Yeah. And guys in Illinois are like, fuck you guys, you yep. fucking prissy Iowa boys yeah. like, <laughs> crying about non-residents. <laughs> if they own land, being able to hunt their land every year, like, fuck yep. you guys. We have over the counter tags in Illinois. Yeah. You non-residents come here and hunt our deer all the fucking time and it sucks. Yeah. But we make it work, so stop crying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just glad I don't have to make those deci- those decisions. Mm-hmm. I just have to live with them, I guess. But right. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's I, we've been going about an hour and a half, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you wanted to throw out there? Like we covered Silence or Central pretty well, but. Not a ton, no. I mean, if you want to buy a suppressor, <laughs> call Silencer Central and ask for Matt. Yep, <laughs> I got to go. plug that out there. Yep. Um, yep. But no, I, I don't. I guess I can't really think of anything. I did forget. I just thought I forgot to mention our banished backcountry that we came out with. So that's kind of oh, like yep. hunting suppressor that's built short, super light. Being here and safe, so I at least just got to mention that because I forgot. But <laughs> oh yeah, I was, so that, I was going to ask you. Um, it, do you have any new stuff coming out or is that your newest? Yeah, our, ba- yeah, our backcountry is, is our newest one. So yeah, it's a, it's a five and a half inch, 7.8 ounce suppressor. So it's super light, super short. Just, it's really kind of, it's for the, you know, the dude that is backcountry elk hunting in Wyoming or they're going on their sheep hunter where they're, you know, sawing their toothbrush and count ounces of pounds, <laughs> that sort of deal, you know, where it's, cause I kind of like I was telling you, that's the one thing I have, I think I have answers or just in general suppressors. I can answer, tell you why suppressor is good for everything. I'll have a rebuttal for anything you can say, like why you don't need it, yeah. except for the length. So that's, I see in the yard, you know, I can't get around can't that. Get around you that know, one. so that is where that backcountry is cool because it's, you know, only five and a half inches and you're still hearing safe, you know, make it 300, sound like a 22. So, yep. Is that pretty so badass. What caliber is that in? 30, yep, 30 cal. It's a rum, cal. yep, ultra mag rated and then down. So that one is not serviceable. It is a fully welded suppressor. So that would be like center fires only. You don't, you wouldn't really want to run like rim fires or if you shoot a lot of gas guns or subsonics, it's probably not the best suppressor for you. It is, like I said, kind of, it's a hunting bolt action built suppressor, but okay, it's, you know, it's great for that. You know, like when you're, like I said, you're climbing in the, in the back country and going up mountains, going down and you're carrying it all day. You're not snagging on as many branches. Mm-hmm. You're not at, you know, any of that. So, yeah. And is that still a titanium baffle? Yep. Still system? all titanium. Okay. Yep. For sure. Yep. yep. And, uh, so is it only coming to 30 cal as of right now? Yep. yep. Gonna, as of right now, you're going to make yep. anything 
bigger. I mean, like we were talking, like mm-hmm. when it comes to backcountry rifle hunts and stuff, yep. you're, I mean, the cream of the crop is 30 cal. Like, yep. That's for sure. Whatever the shooting. So. Nope. And we, you know, and I know there's some talks of maybe a little more specific or like, you know, tease, like working with companies, you know, to like kind of have stuff specifically built. But yeah, I mean, right now, 30 cal on. I'm sure there's going to be more in the future. For sure. I definitely yeah. know we're working on, you know, more suppressors all the time too. It just is kind of takes time. Yeah, exactly. It takes time. It's a lot of money. That is not a cool thing. Like just science or central. They, we do have engineers that they are building suppressors. They're going to the range where we have the meters, we have all that testing. So it is cool that, you know, that back country, we, I think we had like seven or eight different versions of it, you know, before we're like, all right, this is the one, this is the best that we can make you know meet this this and this you know mm-hmm. so it is cool that we're kind of able to not necessarily all just in-house but we have our own engineers we can do our all our own tests and we can do all of that so we know like we're putting out a good can we're not having to so outsource that or whatever you know exactly so, so everyone everyone is working under the, in the same building yep. basically so yep. you have your engineers your production everyone's in the same building yep. your sales guys yep. you're all in-house you're not yeah you're not outsourcing your engineers and yeah, it's not like, yeah, we're not, company. exactly, yeah, we're not paying, and I'm not even sure, like, we're not paying a dude from Silencer Co. to make a can for us. You know, it's our engineers making our can, doing you know, the patents or whatever, however all that legal stuff works, you know, yeah. but it's, it's us, which is cool that we're not, that they're able to do that, you know, it's like, okay, if I put a mouse hole here in this baffle, what is that going to do to suppression, to gas, to, you know, all that, so it's kind of cool that mm-hmm. Brandon's willing to back that and do the testing to make really good cans versus just it's like hey make us something yeah make here's, something and we're going to we sell it because we make the process easy you know like right. we make it easy but we have awesome cans too like which is yep. great for me like i said i i never feel bad selling someone a can because i know you're gonna love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> right that's nice that's like a really good thing as a salesman yeah. being able to stand behind your products as a for sure as a used car salesman maybe you couldn't do that for every vehicle not as much left, no left for left sure. a lot you know yep. you couldn't no. you couldn't sit there and be like Oh man, this guy just bought a fucking dud. Heesh. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he doesn't yeah. get too pissed it's at like, me. Oh God, I've the Chevy Cruises, like last cruise I sold, I've had five issues with it. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> like that's our stuff. There is, you know, where yep. you no, know, it is cool. And it's just like going to shows and stuff. Like I had one guy that he surprised me because he had a thermal, does coyote hunting, had never been around suppressed. So you could tell he was super interested, but I was talking, I was like, You like you have a thermal, like you actually have a thermal. And he's like, Yeah, I have a pulse or whatever and he told me okay like you must have a thermal like you spent the money on all that you know i was like you just have really never been around it and he's like no and i pulled up that video of us shooting when we called in that six pack i was like if this doesn't sell you a suppressor you know nothing will because we call in two my buddy shoots one the one on the left runs to the left we shoot the other one another one comes to the right we shoot him <laughs> you know and then we're able to call in three more you know and after, after we shot that second one that guy just goes fuck it, I'll take two. (laughs) (laughs) Like he saw, like, you know, he saw me shoot the one and then turn to the left and the other one was still hauling ass into the call. You know, he goes, after that one, after he came and we shot it, he literally goes, fuck it, I'll take two of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that stuff's hot because it just, it's, you know, it's it's a game changer. Yes, it's it's nice probably, I've I've never been in sales. I've always been Mm -hmm. kind of interested in it, but it's one of those things I just never really got, got into, I guess. But, Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those things where it's probably nice to have a product that you can show a video of you using. This is yeah. me doing it real time, like 
the it sells itself. Exactly. At the, at the like day, I like said, if, I literally told that guy, I said, I'll show you this video. If you don't buy a suppressor from me after this, I'm done talking to you. Like I have nothing else that is going to sell you a suppressor. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have already done all your research, you know about the benefits of everything else, but you just, whether it's the weight or it's giving the government 200 bucks or whatever your issue is with that. Like if that doesn't show, you know, like us calling in six coyotes, being able to shoot three of them and then having a doe that was better, you know, 200 yards up on a terrace and lay there <laughs> during, you know, the multiple shots and calling and all that, like didn't even bother. Yeah. You know, if yeah. that doesn't like prove to you, like, yeah, it's not James Bond, but it changes, you know, mm-hmm. how you can hunt. Like I said, that's where it's cool because yeah, I'm a salesman, but I don't feel like a salesman all the time. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm helping a dude buy what he wants. There you go. You know, yeah. like I'm not having to talk you into, this is why you need it. This is what, you know, like it's not snake oil. Exactly. No, you're not yeah. a snake oil not salesman. Clint Casper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he says? In w- not snake oil salesman. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, no, but it is, it's true though. It is. I mean, yep. and any suppressor, I mean, we saw banish, and they truly are great cans. Working here now, I've been able to shoot a bunch of different suppressors, and, and our cans stack up just as good, better, or have more, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. But And that's another cool thing. You know, it's like there are other companies that make cool, good cans, quiet cans, all that. I can still sell you that, too. Like, if you really don't want to banish or you got a buddy that's got a Q or whatever, AAC, I can still sell you that because I know you're probably not going to buy one can. You know, like, that's right. kind of my thing. I'd rather make you a buddy and you send me your buddy and his buddy and your dad. So if I sell you one can, it turns into 10, you know, just over time, Yep. you know, like that's, I think where I like it more because I can just build a relationship more of a hunting buddy or like, like I said, like we have guys down in Texas hunting with customers, you know, talk to him on the phone, sold him a can. And he's down in Texas hunting with them now. You know, yeah. it's like, there's I have multiple stories of that stuff, which is cool. Where it's like, it's not, as much of like salesman's oils, you know, snake yeah. salesman, what you know, whatever you want right. to say. So, yeah, it's, it's that's a it's a good thing, you know. It gets people going into it, and like you said, yeah, you buy one, you're probably gonna buy two, you're probably gonna buy three, and yep. you know, you're 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 doing your job, and you know that they're gonna love it, and then yeah, you're building that network up networking too and then they're gonna go tell their buddies and like, hey, i just gotta dude, get you up for the fucking... first hump yeah. that's all i gotta do the first one's the toughest and after that it's this is kind of the same thing we talk about um like kurt and i and all the other guys we all talk about africa because yep. like after we went to africa we plan on that trip to africa as being like hey probably once let's do it once. Trip. let's do yep. it once get it done with and see what it's like you know it's probably gonna be awesome but we'll probably only do it once because it's a little expensive yep but then we went there and we're like jeez this is fucking awesome. Everyone we talked to that's been to Africa, they're like, you're going to go back. And we're like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think we're there two or three days. We're like, when the fuck can we come yeah. back? Like, how can we make this happen more often? Yep. You know, it's like, I'm going to start a, savings, a separate savings account for, you know, going back to Africa someday and yep. everything else. It's like, yeah. it's once you get in there and get over that first hump, then it's... Awesome. Yeah, I, I tell everyone, you know, over. it's like I tell everyone, like, you're going to buy this from me today. You'll get it. And when you get it, you'll tell yourself, well, why the hell did I wait so long to do this? Because there's a wait time, too. <laughs> yeah. Talk about what the yeah, standard yeah. wait time is. Quick. Yeah. And it, and it does vary, too. So right now, we've been seeing, I would say, like, seven to nine months with the ATF. And it can, you know, we can have some go longer. We can have some go shorter. And that's the other thing, too. Like, I tell everyone, you're buying it from me at Silencer Central. 
but I'm sending it to ATF just like Joe Schmo Gun Shop is, just like Billy Bob's Bolt Gun, whatever it is, you know. We're all sending it to the same ATF, you know, and it's unfortunately just it is what it is, you know, and I don't, not that I agree with the wait time or the $2 stamp. It's not like I'm like pro NFA or whatever, but I'm pro suppressors and I'm pro getting people out there to use them. So unfortunately there's that barrier to entry. Yeah, there is. You gotta, you gotta wade through the bureaucratic bullshit. Yeah, but like I said, and in it, and two people ask, well, are they just denying people because they don't want to have them? No, I mean, they're running a background check. If you can buy a gun, you got concealed carry, you'll get approved. You just, you gotta go through the hoops. You gotta give them their money. Yeah. You know, you gotta go through that. But I said, once you get them, every, like I've, I've sold literally thousands of suppressors. I don't, I can't think of one person that's ever called me and been like, this is stupid. I don't know why I did this. Right. It's never, I've, but I've had multiple people tell me like, like I just had a customer the other day. He goes, he texts me, he goes, Hey Matt, I just want to let you know, I got my, all three suppressors I bought. Thank you so much for making me buy all three right away. Yep. You know, like that shit's cool. Cause like I said, I, I don't ever, like I don't have people call me pissed off. Like I did some cars <laughs> yeah. or my transmission's broke. I bought this a month ago. What the hell? Yep. You know, like it's sorry, buddy sold as is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, Hey Matt, can I shoot this on this or, Hey, I kind of think I want a 22 now. Like, what do I got to do? You know? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, because you said when, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you said you guys set up a trust fund. Yep. Like a trust, trust fund. Yep. So, uh, does that, okay. So, say I buy a Banish 30. Yep. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking badass. Yep. I love it. This is great. I waited my, whatever, six, eight, nine months, yep. however long it took to, Get the suppressor. I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is fucking badass. I really want, yeah, a 22 or a 2231 yep. or a, f- a 46 for my 450 Bushmaster. Yep. And do I have to wait again? Every time. Every yep. time you buy one. So if I, if you even think that maybe you'd want one for your 450 Bushmaster and one for your 30 calibers mm-hmm. and everything else, you generally just tell them, get them it, both. I, I tell everyone, yeah, truly, if you, yeah, if you can financially make it work if you think like god i really would like one for a 22 in that or you have a couple guns and i'm not telling saying you know like i have six i'm not telling you, you got to go buy six suppressors out of the gate but if you are a guy that you know like i've been wanting suppressors i want something for this and this if you can make it work buy them both at the same time or buy all three or whatever it is mm-hmm. because we do do like payment plans not because people can't afford it because it's you know we think it's just as dumb as you that you got to wait. So, you know, you can just, pay for it over four months if you buy one can. If you buy more than one can, I can do a little bit more payments to keep the wife happier. Like I said, just not give me two grand to wait nine months to then get what you paid me two grand for. You yeah. know, and it's obviously like you're paying me two grand. But, you know, the, you know it's still Buying, as yep. a consumer, mm-hmm. that's what you felt like. I gave you the money. That's when your product. internal clock starts. You know, yep. it's just how humans are. That's just how it. Like, yeah, absolutely. there's no way around that. You know, so, so that was. I'm glad you brought that up. So you guys do do a layaway type program yep, or yep. a payment program. Yep. So if I come to you and say, Matt, I really want, you know, a, a Banish 46 and a Banish 30. Yep. And I we go through it. And we're like, okay, here, doing the paperwork and everything else. Um, I can during that waiting time say yep. it's you know. Well, four or five, six months. However, what is the average right now? Eight months right Eight now. Eight months right now is average. And it so, varied, like I said, it varied. It varied. When it started, it was paper submissions were honestly about seven to nine, kind of what we've been seeing now. There was a time where it went up to 12 to 14 months. Mm-hmm. 
e-forms came out and if anyone follows suppressors they know this whole e-form deal has been a fiasco and atf guaranteed 90 day wait times guaranteed for that's what it's gonna be (laughs) we have it set up we're ready it's 90 days that's what they told all of us dealers everyone in the country 90 you know and then I said, nah, I'm telling you, I'm at you know, nine, 90 days yeah. turns to nine months. You yeah, know? that's so how the like, government works. Definitely annoying. Like, and that's probably the toughest thing for me because, like I said, once it's submitted, it's it's not in my hands. It's not in Silencer Central hands. It's, it's we're waiting ATF. for ATF. And, and most people are very cool about that. You know, every once in a while I get the guy, well, I want it now. And it's like, you know, you Mr. Customer, it makes a hell of a lot more sense for me as a salesman for you to have that can. I want you to have it too. Yeah. But we got to wait, you know, and generally like, okay, like yeah. I get it. Like I understand, yep. but, but yeah, like with the payments, yeah. I mean, you can, you can start for $199 down to start the paperwork, to get everything going, to be submitted to the ATF. And then, yeah, kind of, you know, pay for the rest while you're waiting for it. So yep. for sure. That's pretty fucking Yep, And I cool. said, and we do it too, you know, if you're forced, you know, four payments on one suppressor, if you buy two, you can do six payments. If you're buying three or more, I can do eight payments and there's little, there's no interest. There's no fees. I said, it's not because I'm telling you, you can't afford it. Or maybe that's what allows you to afford the second or the third, you know, it's like, Hey, I can afford that in my monthly budget. I just don't have the 3,500 bucks today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is another cool thing because there are a couple other places that do it, but I know, like one other big place they do payments, you're paying like credit card fees, interest on yeah. that, you know, and we're straight up zero. It's the same penny at the end. You know, it's, it's more just, like, it's more like layaway rather exactly, than payment. Exactly. Yep. System. So that's pretty fucking cool. Yep. Uh, that's, that does. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that they get a little sticker shock when they see, yeah, you know, sure. silencers and they're like, Oh mm-hmm. fuck dude. Like, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred bucks for whatever. Or they're like, thousand dollars. Or they're like, whatever. well, that's I spent five hundred on my Ruger Maricon. I put a thousand dollar suppressor on it. Yeah, I get that a lot too. But it's you also got to think. I just tell those people are just thinking, okay, so you, you bought that Ruger American, but you put a Vortex or a Leopold. You put a nice scope on it. You spent another five, six hundred bucks on a scope. Well, you can spend a thousand bucks and use on every single gun you own. Exactly. It's not just, it's not tied to one gun. You know, you give me a thousand bucks or if you're buying a VX five or VX six, you can give me the same money you paid to put the scope on your one gun. You can use on every single gun you own. It'll be the most used accessory you own for your rifles. It just will be. And that's the thing when it comes to buying guns, I would much rather, um, buy it because the cheaper guns are getting so good now. They are, which is great about like all the thing. You know, custom shit is they got to make the yep. production be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of these cheaper guns, like the Ruger American, the Tika, the Savage Axis, you know, yep. all these quote unquote cheaper guns and I think Winchester XPR. Yep. And that's another great rifle for yep. damn cheap. And it's like, they're getting so good at these cheap guns that in my opinion, for me, it's like, I would that frees me up to buy better accessories for yep. that gun. Mm-hmm. If that gun's a one MOA gun out of the box, even though they, even if they can't guarantee it because it's a cheap gun, like we can't guarantee one MOA, but you're going to be in that. Yeah. 98% of them shoot that. 98% yeah. of them shoot that. So I'm like, fuck yeah, that's pretty, that's yep. good enough kind of thing. For sure. Now I can buy a nice loophole scope for it. And now I can buy a banished 30 for it. Yep. And that frees up, Freeze me up to buy. Like, if you're talking a $500 gun and you're getting a three MOA gun, it's like, that's yep. not good. You yep. know, that's, that's shit. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking here. So exactly. it's like, in my opinion, 
buying a cheaper gun. If I'm going to yep. skimp anywhere, I'm going to maybe skimp on the gun itself yep. just because they're getting pretty darn good. And yep. now I can, that frees me up to buy other shit that I want. Yep. Yeah. You and, can buy, I mean, yeah, you can buy a Christensen's MPR for 3000 bucks and yeah. you can put a task on there and you can't see, you know, it's dark on, you can't see 200 yards. Well, it, right. do, it doesn't do shit, you no. know, like it's yep. for sure. No. And like, that is the cool thing about cheaper guns is. I don't even like to call them cheaper, but like, you know, and I know, well, I personally know one of less our, less expensive, one of our employees and I won't name the high end brand, but he has a Ruger American. He put a Boyd stock in it, which is another cool thing. If you spend less money, if you want to have a fancy gun or put it in a chassis, you can maybe have, you know, like you said, spend the money on customizing or making your own gun or whatever. Like I know he's got, you know, the Ruger American he spent, got on sale on black Friday for 415 bucks. Mm-hmm. Put a nice scope on it, and it shoots better than his three thousand dollar custom carbon gun. Yeah, you know, and he's got fourteen hundred bucks into the whole setup. Yep, and he and he's like, I grabbed. He's like, that's what I shot my elk with because he was I like, I bought that big gun thinking it's cool and all that, yep. but he's like, that Ruger American shoots better than anything I own. You yep. know, and it's just, and it's what you shoot most. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not trying to hate on anything. I, I mean, I have. Some high end. I have both. I mean, I have I have a Savage Axis in the truck right now, and then and I have a Christensen in the truck right now. Honestly, <laughs> like I ha- like I am not like oh you got to buy super high end guns or you got to buy cheap like. I think everyone everyone should have a high end custom gun if you're really into shooting. Yep, you should just mm-hmm. because they are fucking cool. Yep, they look it cool. Is. They feel cool. Makes it everything's nice. You know, it's like For it's sure. like buying like, okay yeah like a. $20 pair of jeans from Walmart worked, yeah. but at the same time, like, you know, $190 mm-hmm. pair of Sitka pants, those are pretty nice too. Yeah. You, know, no. you don't need them, but you they're don't. nice to have. Exactly. It makes it's it feel same, good. makes it yeah. feel good. It does. It looks good. And it's the same yeah. thing with guns. It's like, yeah, I have my fucking, my workhorse pants, like yeah. my, my Wranglers, my workhorse pants I wear to work mm-hmm. every day and I'm in every day, but then I have my nicer pants too that I wear out and do other things with. It's yep. like kind of the same thing. It's like I have my yep. workhorse guns, my Ruger American. It's my workhorse. Yep. I throw that fucker in the truck and bebop around and have yep. at it, and that's my that's my workhorse. But yep. then I also have my nice. Maybe I have a nice gun that I take to the range and show off a little bit. Yeah, that's say, your like, baby. This is badass. Yep. Like, I clean it more than I do my Ruger. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just get out and look at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I pull it out and look at it. This is nice. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, like I just I thought... work the action. There's nothing nothing like working. A smooth custom action is like that the sound, the mm-hmm. feel, and you're like, this is fucking just made and built better. But then you grab yep. that Ruger American, you just grab it, and you're like, Cock-cock. you're like, yeah. it still it just works though. Yep. And, and like, yeah, and like, yeah, and that's the dude. you know, like you said, it's like, oh, it's smooth, it's machined, super, you know, all and that all that's cool. But you know, I'm like, I just bought the new AR for my thermal and stuff, and I don't need to, but like, there's part of me, it's like. Well, I spent all this money on a thermal and stuff. I was talking about, like, I'm going to get this Cerakoted and, you know, spend money on that. She's like, well, why? You don't need to do that. It's like, I don't at all, but kind of the same thing. I was like, it's cool though. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's like, if I'm going to spend all this money on a thermal and stuff, I might as well have a sweet gun to put it on. Yeah. (laughs) And that comes back. Okay. And that comes back to the suppressor thing too, where it's like, you buy a night, you buy a cheap, say you buy a cheaper gun, you put Mm -hmm. a, a higher end optic on it, whether it's a loophole or a higher end vortex or uh, an Athlon or on it or whatever else. And cause you want to have a nice glass. So you do that. And then you buy a banished 30. It, yes. You can take that 
nice optic and you can take that off of that gun and put on a different gun you can swap it around it's the nice thing about mm-hmm. buying high-end accessories you can yep. just take them off and put them on new on other guns but i don't like moving around my optics a yep. whole lot yeah but i would yeah i would probably take my suppressor off and put it on every different gun For sure just to have on there you can swap that out without really yeah. with minimal changes yeah. to your no for gun. sure because once you start it just because i get people that you know they do like they i got an ar it's the loudest gun and that's the only gun that i want to shoot i tell people like buy a 30 cal if you have it's, it, there are guys that they don't shoot bigger stuff there are some that they only do varmint hunting but talk to a lot of guys that have bigger guns it's like just get one that can run on everything because you will swap it back and forth because it is not hard to go it is literally mm-hmm. 10 seconds unscrew 10 seconds screw on and that's it that's you spent 30 seconds to now it's suppressed and once you start you just you won't ever go back like me and my buddies joke around like i'm a pussy around guns now like i don't like loud guns like <laughs> if, like if we're going to shoot you know it's like you don't have a can like ew you yeah, know like you're not like i'm above it but it's just fucking peasant yeah it's, <laughs> yeah it's like once you shoot with it and you like sustain shooting too and like you have been able to dump a mag and talk to your buddy just talking and your ears not ringing after you shoot your wind mag 10 times and your shoulder doesn't hurt you know it's just like oh why would i ever go back you right know? yeah <laughs> yeah and even with uh the tactical crowd or if you're they're shooting mostly five five six mm-hmm. say it's, yeah it's a guy that's like he just likes doing his tactical thing and going out and doing a flat 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 range larping you know that's what yeah. <laughs> my brother and i we i've heard that somewhere i think grand thumb says that a lot too like oh i'm gonna be a flat range flat range larper today and mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of one of those things like yeah you go the go to the flat range and you just lay the dick down with your ar and even those tact- tactical guys you would benefit from having a 30 caliber because you know an AR-10, like you know, exactly. there's a lot of three hundred blackout. Three hundred blackout su- blows my mind. How many people have blackouts? They got a three hundred blackout, and they like maybe they just don't pay attention to like. But like that was literally built for suppressors. Yes. That is the that is why that is there. Yep. It's a suppress like it is a suppressed round. That is what it's for. Yeah. So you can cycle an AR with subs, and and then you can be that. That thing. Those subs are quiet yeah. Too. I mean, if you're running. A 300 blackout and subs, your your actions well, that's part about your gun, you know? Like, <laughs> right? No shit. You know? Like, yeah, it is. Run your air empty, and that's pretty much what it sounds like, you, <laughs> you know? know? Like, which is badass, but... Yeah. It, it's it's a good... It seems like a really good thing. I've been wanting to get run a suppressor for a long mm-hmm. time. I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm one of those guys that you yeah. talk about. It's like, just need to get over that hump. Yeah, get over that. Once and I was the same way, too, and even, like, just... I think it's a lot better now, but, like, kind of the taboo-ness of it you know like i don't want to call it but like i think that's gotten way better too just with industry people using them or you know just even talking about and the advantage of it you know it's not i remember kind of growing up it's like what does that guy need that for you know because i just didn't know but you know i said once you get over the hump and you do the one you won't ever if you shoot and you actually like shooting you will never go back yeah it's just a lot of people say like why do i need to run a suppressed uh, suppressed rifle when I'm mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming yep. hunting elk. It's like, you know, no one cares if it's yep. loud. You're sure. But then yep. you look at like the coyote hunters, the mm-hmm. predator hunters. A lot of times, like we just last night, we were hunting, mm-hmm. you know, behind someone's house yep. and we're all running suppressed. And say, if, if the dogs came out to play, 
then the neighbor wouldn't have You're been waking them up. up. I, yeah, I've literally How got much, permission for because of suppressors. Like I and people that I just know they like. I literally had one farmer. He tells him like, Matt, I, you know, I don't care at all, but could you come to my place right away at dark, or could you tell me so I can tell my dad that you know they have farms next to each yeah. other? So like, so he's not worried, or I'm not waking up so I can put my dog away, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which is super common. But I've literally told that guy like, hey, I, you know, I have a suppressor just so you know, like you're not gonna hear it. So he goes, oh well, I don't care then, just yep. whenever, you know, do or like, you, you know, and we'll call him too. You know, it it literally. It'll help that because it's gotten you permission, pieces. especially varmints, coyotes. Generally, it's pretty. Most people are pretty cool unless they do it themselves. You know, they want to hunt their own land or they have their own permit or you know they have a buddy that hunts it, whatever. But that's what I've noticed. That's the biggest barrier is they don't care at all that I'm hunting coyotes, but it's the fact that I'm out there at midnight and I'm making a lot of noise. Yeah, but if I can tell them like, hey. I can be a hundred yards from the house and you literally won't know I'm there. You won't wake like, up. Like you're not going to wake up. That's yeah, they're like, Oh shoot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, have do it. It then. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. yeah. Like, so yeah. go to silencer central, buy a suppressor, yep. get permission. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Problem solved. Problem solved. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> that looks cool. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be a yeah. thing. Like if I, if I had a bunch of land, someone asked mm-hmm. me to hunt coyotes, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool and all. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love for you to do that, but man, I just don't want to hear Except gunshots at midnight. Do- yeah, the dogs or like said, or John, there's someone out in your field. You know, yeah, they just don't want to deal with that. You know, and if you can, there's a bunch of gunshots does, happening yeah. going going off in your field like, for sure. You know, yeah, and again, not Jerry, like Jerry's not going to hear. Not you like we're road, so. not making any noise, but again, if you're 500 yards away you're, you're not gonna know yeah. like it's just not like i said it's quite it's a 22 yeah. sub cb is you know if you if anyone doesn't have a suppressor and you can go buy a little cb 22 and a bolt action 22 shoot that it's gonna be pretty similar yep. you know even honestly less because you don't again that 22 doesn't have but that that crack is farther away from you too you know so it's even mm-hmm. like when that sound breaks it's not right at your muzzle so yeah yeah you're not completely sound but man it helps a lot yep so all right, man. Well, I think that's a good place to yeah. cut it there. Uh, did you want to put out your, your, your social yeah, media sure. so people can get a, get a hold of you if they want to? Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I could get a lot better. I mean, I definitely have a lot of stuff I could post and stuff, but um, what is my – just Matthew Hoynes on Facebook and then on Instagram. Um, yeah, just actually – I don't know where I can find it. Just go to your profile and click on the top deal. Just says Matthew Hoyness. So it might just be straight up Matthew Hoyness. <laughs> Dang, man. Tells you how good I am on ad social media. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, if you want to, if you're out there listening, and you want to get, get in, uh, you know, get talking to someone about suppressors and everything else, like obviously. Yep. Get old Matthew. Matthew Hoyness. Yep. M A T T H. Matthew Hoyness. Yep. There you are. <laughs> just straight. Yep. Salesman at Sounds Central. Yep. You're uh you're a husband, father, and hunter. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's who I am. So yeah. get a hold of Matt, get yourself a suppressor, get some permission pieces, go kill some coyotes, and you're gonna be helping out the deer herd too. Yeah, so exactly. It's a win win for everybody. So for sure. all right, man. Well I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I really a, appreciate it too. It's been a great cool. conversation. Yeah. So yeah. All awesome. right, man. We'll we'll probably have you on again sometime. You, you know, bet. this is gonna be Probably, I, um, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this because for sure. I've and we had, can talk more because we can oh, yeah. skip. We can definitely. I'm whenever we can yeah. dig deep into it too. If anyone's ever asked questions, I like come back on and 
talked about this because you skipped this, you yeah. idiot, or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> or if you get a bunch, you get a bunch of, bunch of messages after yeah. this, and people are asking the same questions. Like mm-hmm. Jake, we need to talk about this for sure. Yeah, right, and, buddy, and, and too, like I said, it didn't, and you can go online and buy, but it really is easier to call. Feel free just to ask for Matt or just call anyone in general because you're gonna have questions. It just how it is. Yeah. You're going to have questions. Just call us. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps us out, and it gives you, you know, that contact to be able to call or text if you have issues or mm-hmm. where the hell's my suppressor hung. You guys have been seeing yeah. whatever it is, you know. Right. So, Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, man. You bet. succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by coaster custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv